0: The following program may contain material or language that may be considered objectionable. Parental guidance is suggested.
1: you are tuned in to sns unplugged your source for pro wrestling discussion because our time is now because the champ is here wrestling news sponsored by wrestling-online.com
2: yes yes yes
1: with your hosts, all the way from New York City. New York
2: City! Do you
1: know who I am? Bronzilla Tony J. Mirabella
2: He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands.
1: And residing in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Mr. Money on the Mic. Say
2: hello to the bad guy.
1: Jeff Jackson.
2: I'm an asshole.
3: Assholes finish first.
2: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of
1: bubblegum. Unscripted, uncensored, unbelievable, it's unplugged.
2: We are the best in the world at what we do.
1: And it starts now.
3: Getting ready to rock and roll. We're going to one,
0: two, three, four, one. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Yes, the boys are back in town, at least for tonight anyway, to discuss uh, a lot of things. The current situation with TNA Wrestling, Ring of Honor, the debut of Samoa Joe in the WWE, uh, predictions for the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, which will actually be live tomorrow night on the WWE Network and uh the status of what's going on here with us at unplugged but for now ladies and gentlemen the boys are back in town of course i am mr money on the mic jeff jackson and uh, joining me as always my co-host for all the mayhem and debauchery give it up all the way from the nyc he is bronxzilla tony j mirabella
3: you thought we were gone, but we're back. The two queso-eating, thrill-seeking, reeking, biggest assholes in internet wrestling radio. It's Unplugged. It's Bronxilla. It's Jeff Jackson. Mr. Money on the mic. It's Saturday night, and I'm ready to talk some shit. We got a lot to
0: talk about. I mean, a lot to talk about. Uh, again, the status of what's going on with the show. Uh, as it relates to what's going on with Harmony. We're going to talk about that here momentarily. As I said, the the entire TNA saga that is unfolding around us with ROH now being a part of Destination America, going to be the lead-in show for TNA Impact on Wednesday nights. Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? We're going to give our thoughts and our views on what's going down. Uh, Samoa Joe finally in the WWE, even though he is a part of NXT, what does that mean for the future? Is he just an NXT talent only? Will he make it to the main roster? We're going to give our thoughts and opinions on that. and Who knows what the hell we're going to talk about tonight. This is not going to be your regular edition of Unplugged. We're not running down Raw. We're not running down NXT. We're not going to run down Lucha Underground. Uh, we're not going to have you know this day in wrestling history because, again, this is just Bronx and I riffing, getting things out out of our systems because it's been at least, what, five months, four months since we did a show, Bronx? Yeah, it has to be at least. I mean, I'm not sure exactly. I, I'm
3: I'm saying probably before WrestleMania. I think it might have been back in early March when we did it. March. I think it
0: was I think it was February right before Harmony had her surgery, and then after that we haven't done a show. So, wow, I'm going to say February was probably our last show. And I'm going to say you're
3: right. Uh, I just it's kind of a jumble. I really don't remember. I mean, we, I could easily look it up, but it's the point is that you know we both felt that. You know, there's just been a lot of shit going on. I mean, not just the whole TNA-R08 stuff, but uh, something I want to talk a little bit about later on, like a fundamental turn uh, in the way the WWE product is being
0: presented to us. And I think a turn for the better. I would agree. I I think that they are shaping some things up. Uh, They got some big things on the horizon. Uh, I, as, as a wrestling fan, have really enjoyed the last little bit not really worrying about doing a show, uh, and this, this counts for Sunday Night Showdown, too. You know, Mark the Shark de Carlo has been over here every, every uh, pay-per-view Sunday watching shows with me uh, since we stopped doing all our live shows. And I have found it to be much more enjoyable just to sit down and watch the shows. I'm not saying the Sunday Night showdown is done, and we're never coming back. But I think it's going to be scaled back when we do bring it back. I don't know that we'll do you know, the full 12 months of shows. We might do the Rumble and WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and you know, maybe a big one later on in the year, uh, like a Survivor Series or something. But I've just been enjoying the product as a wrestling fan as opposed to a smarky wrestling, quote-unquote, uh, I don't have any journalistic integrity because I'm not a journalist. I'm just a fan. But, you know, a lot of radio personalities think they're journalists, you know, and it, it's their job to uh, to be journalists. And I don't consider myself I've always considered myself a fan, maybe a snarky fan or a smarky fan. Absolutely. But I've just really been enjoying watching the product. You know, what was interesting for me this year. I watched WrestleMania
3: on my Roku, which is a device that I'm in, in love with. It, let, it lets me watch the network on my uh, big screen 1080p TV. And my uncle was here, who's a casual wrestling fan. And my little sister was here, who is 18 and knows not a thing about the product. And it was kind of fun to watch it with her and get her comments. Like I asked her, you know, who do you like? Who don't you like? And she just enjoyed it for what it was. There was no, you know, no ulterior motive on her part. There was no she has to do a show there was no, she reads the internet, dirt sites. She just watched it and enjoyed it for what it was. And it, it was actually quite enlightening for me to be able to watch it with someone like that. Because I think guys like us who, who do wrestling radio and anyone who does wrestling radio, we lose that ability after a while. So it, it kind of brought me back to like what you're saying, just being able to watch the pay-per-views and enjoy them as fans.
0: I'll be real honest, man. I I felt like there for a while, uh, you know, doing a show was was kind of detrimental as far as I knew that I had to do it. There were times I didn't want to do it. And, you know, I, I make no qualms about saying this. The last five months of not having to do shows has been wonderful because I haven't felt obligated to do anything. I've just been enjoying the time off, spending time with Harmony, getting her through her situation, which I will address in a second. And it's been nice not having that pressure uh I've just been enjoying watching wrestling, whether it's Lucha Underground or NXT or whatever. I've just enjoyed watching the product and it's kind of renewed my fandom as opposed to, you know, here's this guy that's doing a radio show every fucking week and he's got something he wants to bitch about or they could do this better or they did that poorly or or whatever. it's it really has been nice to just sit back and relax. And not worry about anything.
3: Yeah, I think everybody who does, anyone out there who does a wrestling radio show, I think, if, especially if you do it weekly, you know, JJ and I were put in situations where we had to take some time off. But I think even if you don't, maybe like in the summer when the product gets a little slow, and and I know that this is so taboo in our business because you worry about losing listeners, but. I think sometimes you need to take a couple weeks off and just watch the product without having to take notes and absorb it and just watch it as a fan. I think it's good for you. I know it's been good for me because I've been a lot less likely now to, like, complain about shit because I'm just watching it. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain if you've never really covered the product.
0: It is kind of hard to explain. But, you know, I mean, like I said, it's just been nice kind of renewing that fandom, not really... Uh, having the added pressure of, oh, well, we got to go do a show. I'm not really into doing a show right now. Uh, you know, it's nice. It's nice to get back to that point where, you know, you and I talked this week, and we're like, you know, so we need to do something. We both knew that we had to do something. And, and unfortunately, the show is not coming back full-time right now, and I'm going to go ahead and address this now. Um, I recently took Harmony to the doctor to see her surgeon, and she had been put on four months bed rest. After her surgery, for those of you that might not know what I'm talking about, she had a spinal fusion done back in February where they took uh, some of the vertebrae out and replaced them with some hardware. I believe it was a titanium rod. There's also a, a cage in there that's supposed to meld with the bone and make things stronger. Well, I took her to this doctor's appointment to see how things had progressed to see if we could get her on physiotherapy. Because you know, she's, she's ready. She feels like she's ready to, to start moving around. Being on bed rest is not fun. And uh, when she got to the doctor's office, they did not have good news for her. Uh, it seems that the cage kind of shifted a little bit. So it's not healing the way that it was because she's been overdoing it. She's been exerting herself. And so that's kind of put us at a setback. Uh, We're looking at maybe about another month of her having bed rest, and then we're going to go back and see if that thing has moved any further. Unfortunately, if it has, then we're going to have to have the surgery again. So I I don't know what's happening right now. I just know that that's the situation, and I can't commit to coming back and doing a full-time podcast or weekly radio show until we get these issues fixed. I just don't have the time, and I honestly just don't have the focus to do that so right now that's where we are i will keep you guys updated once i find out more information but things did not go as planned uh last week when we went to the doctor's office and we're looking at four more weeks before i know anything uh definitive as to whether she gets to start doing physical therapy and gets to move around and we'll see if it's taking
3: well i mean i hope that it somehow it does take and, you know, you don't have to just hit the reset button and start from scratch. You know, I mean, I know it sucks to have to, you know, stay in bed for weeks upon weeks. I mean, it would it would drive anybody crazy It would certainly drive me crazy. So, I mean, I I'm hoping and we spoke about this, you know, the other night. I'm hoping that, you know, all goes well for her. But, you know, it's hard, man. It's just hard to have to take it easy for so long. I mean, eventually you're going to get bored, you're going to want to do things and you know, she she has my utmost sympathy. I hope it I I hope it turns out all for the
0: better. I you know, I, I have my fingers crossed I think it will. Um, you know, we we got to get her back to 100% uh if nothing else for her sanity because it's driving her crazy and it's driving me crazy and so it's it's interesting. I mean, that, the house has been uh very interesting as of late my father-in-law was living here he's moving back to uh Nova Scotia i think next week and my oldest daughter Dakota had moved out a couple of years ago and uh she's going to be moving back home full time so we can get her uh get her to get through school and that way she doesn't have to pay rent and everything else it's just it's a better thing for her and Sienna my middle child has been living in nova scotia with her father this last school year and she's coming home for the summer possibly uh for good so i'm gonna have a full house again here pretty quick so it's again there's there's just a lot going on uh behind the scenes of my life right now that have made me kind of take a hiatus for radio
3: well on my end and i know a lot of people are probably thinking you know what what's up with my show and getting the zone um around the same time that JJ started going through this with his family. My grandmother got very, very sick uh, to the point where her kidneys failed and she had to be hospitalized and then uh, put in a nursing home. And, 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 And I feel a responsibility to help take care of her because she helped take care of me quite a bit when I was young. In fact, I probably would have been completely fucked up now if it wasn't for her. And we ended up putting her in this nursing home and she ended up having a quote unquote accident which I'm not going to get into, and she got hurt. And we put her in a better place for right now. We're currently trying to get her the correct type of insurance, and we're currently trying to find out exactly how this, again, quote-unquote accident happened, which I can't talk about for certain reasons. But, you know, we've been trying to straighten her out. In a way, it's bad for her, but in a way, it's kind of been good for my family because it kind of brought all of us closer together, like my uncles and my mother. You know, so sometimes, unfortunately, and it shouldn't be this way, it sucks. It takes tragedy to bring a family back together and remember why they care about each other. So it's it, it's been a lot of ups and downs for me, too, in the last couple of months. It seems like, to me, 2015 has just been one of those years that, The switch was set to suck the second the ball dropped on January 1st, and it's been that way ever since. It's just been, oh, like I said, I'm not going to get into too many details, but that's what's going on with me. And it's just an amazing coincidence that, you know, I always say JJ's my brother. And it's weird that that this kind of shit hit both of us at exactly the same time in our families.
0: This year is starting to remind me a lot of uh, of 2012. You know, that was the year that my dad passed away and went through a lot of bad things in 2012. And I'm starting to feel like 2015 is on that same level, and, and I hope that things get better. And I think that they will. I think everything will be fine. I think Harmony's going to pull through this. We're going to, you know, she's not going to have to have another surgery. I'm thinking positive. You know, it's that power of positive thinking. So uh, I, I do want to say that if you are someone who does kind of believe in prayer, prayers wouldn't hurt at this point so
3: well i mean what what gives me comfort is i know harmony's one of those people i mean she'll kick satan's ass i mean i'm not too worried about her as far as heart and and spirit is concerned so i'm sure she'll be okay and and you know going back to my grandmother she's the same way i mean just she's been an ass kicker a whole life and it seems like no matter what she goes through she comes back so that that's something that that's positive i I hope it does man we're getting into the second half of shit we're getting to june already we're getting into the second half of 2015 and hopefully it improves for you and improves for me and we'll we'll keep you guys posted
0: on what's going on absolutely but with that out of the way lots to talk about what should we start off with Bronx? i mean i mean you want to talk samoa joe first Yeah, I think we we
3: should start off light and then kind of move into the big stories of of the past couple of weeks. Um, Samoa Joe, I I think, is a great place to start because I did, in fact, watch the NXT pay-per-view. Well, uh, again, I'm sorry, guys, I'm stuck in that head. The NXT event that occurred on the WWE Network and, of course, Samoa Joe coming out. Man, it, it was just a very
0: cool experience. The thing that I liked about it was you know, he comes out at the very end to stop Kevin Owens from, you know, obviously beating down Sami Zayn. And this is after Regal has has interfered and Kevin Owens has beaten up Regal as well. We hear something that sounds familiar to Samoa Joe's music, and then out comes Samoa Joe wearing a shirt that quite frankly says Samoa Joe, submission specialist. And within moments of that, WWE.com put up his shirt for sale, and it sold out within minutes, folks.
3: Yeah, it was. The, the, only, the only very slight complaint that I had was the music. I mean, which it's not a big deal. But I love Samoa Joe comes out with this look on his face like, I want to go to jail tonight. That was the look Joe had. He comes out, stares a fucking hole. Through Kevin Owens and walks down to the ring gets in the ring he and Kevin Owens get forehead to forehead while the excellent NXT crowd is screaming holy shit holy shit and Joe is gonna kill you along to his music it oh man! if you guys haven't saw the last NXT special if you have the WWE Network watch it, it, it it's amazing
0: well, you know, I, I thought, I heard a lot of people say that it was the, the weakest of the NXT specials. You know, sure, it wasn't the strongest one, but to say it was weak in any way, every match on that card made sense. I thought all the matches were good. I thought that Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks tore it up, oh. and, and Harmony, who cannot stand Becky Lynch, because she knew her when she was Rebecca Knox. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that story, but let's just say there is no love loss between Harmony and Becky Lynch. Uh, even she had to give credit where it was due—that both women uh, just tore it up—and to me, that was match of the night. You know, no offense to Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, which I thought was good too, for what it was. Uh, I think the match that really stole the show was the women's match, and thank God NXT is putting women's wrestling kind of back on the forefront.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've, you've got those two girls. You've got Charlotte over there who is absolutely amazing, man. She she is, I think if I had to put a label on one woman who is going to maybe turn it around and revolutionize the next five to ten years of women's wrestling, it's going to be Charlotte because she is absolutely just awesome. All the women that they have in that NXT product are Simply amazing, and I think that might have been women's match of the year. I don't know how they're going to top that.
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a big believer in the fact that Charlotte is amazing. um I think that she's the most well rounded performer on NXT, and I think honestly she deserves to be on the main roster. The problem is, once she gets to the main roster, is she still going to have those matches? Uh, you know. Look at the women's roster on the on the main show on Raw on SmackDown. You got the Bellas, who, who, personally, I think have improved greatly. They could probably hang in a women's division with girls like Sasha and Charlotte, uh, possibly Bailey. It seems like Alicia Fox has upped her game. Naomi, I think, has gotten so much better. Yes, you know, Eva Marie is actually training with Brian Kendrick to learn how to wrestle. Which kudos to her. I have respect for that. I think, give it another couple of years, and we might see a renaissance in the women's division in the WWE. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, Vince McMahon is stuck in this motif of having the divas do what they do right now as, you know, showpieces or distractions. I personally want to see women's wrestling go back to the forefront, and they've got the right uh, mix of talent uh, coming up through that developmental system, getting trained by Sarah Del Rey herself, and doing a fantastic job. So, I mean, you know, we'll see. But anyway, I, I know that we kind of went off on a tangent, but I think women's wrestling might get a lot better in the next couple of years, Bronx.
3: Well, we talked about at the beginning of the show, you know, the difference that we're starting to see in WWE. And I, I give a lot of credit to triple H. but you never know, you know, S- Stephanie as a woman might have some influence here. She might be saying, you know what? Maybe she is taking this movement seriously that. Yeah women in wrestling can be more than just eye candy who botched through a five minute match I mean I'm really starting to see that it could be Triple H it could be his wife but I'm definitely seeing a change in the way that okay the women still wear great outfits thank you Lord and they still look hot but they can also throw you a good 10-15 minute match that entertains you and isn't a piss break so that's that's one of the many
0: changes i'm seeing and i think i agree
3: with you it's definitely very positive
0: i just don't ever want to see it go back to the days when we have divas wrestling in fucking mud or pudding or any stupid shit like that on raw i just don't want to see that anymore i don't want to see lingerie pillow fights although they are nice not saying it's not good to watch but i want to see the women's roster actually do what's on the marquee and that's wrestling i know vince hates that because he calls it sports entertainment, but it doesn't say sports entertainment on the fucking marquee. It says world wrestling entertainment.
3: Yeah. And, and absolutely. I I think that, you know, we're seeing a fundamental change. If you look at the NXT product and what it's bringing, and now a lot of these guys being brought up to the main roster and, and, some of the changes they're even making to, you know, all the years that, that we complained on this very show, John Cena should be used to elevate
0: younger stars. And God damn it, if that's not exactly what they've been doing. Well, you know, I, I do like, we'll jump into that in a second, but let, let's get back to Samoa Joe. We kind of we off-tracked. We were getting to, the, to his debut, and then we kind of off-tracked a little bit. But back to Samoa Joe. Right now, he has a contract with WWE where he's working with NXT, he also has the ability to book in independence for himself. I think WWE might have top billing over whatever he does. If they need him for a certain show that, that he's booked for an independent, he might be able to bow out of that and do work for WWE. Obviously, they're the, they're the ones that are really paying his salary right now. But this is kind of unprecedented because I've never seen them offer this kind of deal. I mean, Rhino has a similar deal. But a guy like Samoa Joe comes in, keeps his name. And is allowed to go out and work independence. So right now, he's not on the main roster. Now, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Because honestly, with the reception that he got at the end of Unstoppable, the fact that his shirt went up on WWE.com and sold out within minutes, what more do you need to know about this guy? You know, I think Vince McMahon thought that he was in obscurity for the last 10 years and nobody knew who he was. But I, I kind of don't see that now. I think he's already proven that. Now, what's he going to do in NXT? Obviously, uh, he's poking his nose around Kevin, uh, Kevin Owens. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here. But Harmony and I were talking about this the other day. I personally believe that sometime this year, Samoa Joe will be transitioned from NXT to the main roster because I think it's a no-brainer. Joe in the main roster whether, well, I mean, on Raw would be amazing. I want to see dream match here. I want Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar. I want that match, and I want it like WrestleMania next year. See, now, though, I think, though,
3: I, I, I think in my mind, what is more appealing to me, Kevin Owens against John Cena or Kevin Owens against uh, Samoa Joe? And I think that th- that match might happen on the main roster as opposed to happening on NXT. I think they might do that. Uh, And and a lot of it's going to depend on what happens, uh, as of this recording, tomorrow night at Elimination Chamber because you have Owens against Cena. I'm wondering if this is going to be a one-off thing and then they're going to move Owens back to the feud with Samoa Joe or if this is going to be a continuing thing. I was actually quite shocked that they're moving forward so quickly with this Kevin Owens versus John Cena on a, yes, a network exclusive pay-per-view, but a pay-per-view nonetheless.
0: Well, information (laughs) has come out uh, in the last day or so that Kevin Owens has signed a main roster contract. Right. So from what I'm hearing, he's going to be touring with the main brand. He's going to be on Raw every week from now on. So that kind of adds a little bit of intrigue to what's going to happen with John Cena and Kevin Owens tomorrow night. We'll talk about that when we get to Predictions but right now Kevin Owens is a hot commodity for the WWE because he's been tearing it up the last six months on NXT. He's the champion. He's yet to be defeated. He has feuds with John Cena on the main roster, uh, Samoa Joe on the horizon, Finn Balor is the number one contender to the NXT championship. He just got through a feud with Alex Riley. I mean, there's a lot of irons in the fire for Owens right now. So the future looks bright, and I think Owens is going to be a big star for WWE. Uh, you know, where does he go from here? We saw Triple H grooming him, bringing him up to the main roster to, to fight John Cena. It wouldn't surprise me to see Kevin Owens in some capacity work with the authority. Maybe you start the seeds of dissension between Triple H and uh, and Seth Rollins by bringing in Kevin Owens. And that's that's a marquee match down the road.
3: Yeah, there's a a lot you can do with this guy. And, I mean, I just – they did him and Joe for a reason. That's not just going to go away. They have to address that at some point. The best thing I think that could happen is – and I'm calling this right now – Finn Balor is going to be your next NXT champion. I think come hell or high water, some way, somehow, he's going to get that title. And I think he's perfect for that title in NXT – With Owens in the main roster now, at some point, he's going to have to drop that title. I mean, he may hold it for a little bit to give it some notoriety in the main roster, but he's going to drop it, move on to, to titles in the main roster. And I think Finn Balor is perfect to hold that belt. Now, what happens to Kevin Owens in the main roster, whether we have more of him in Cena after tomorrow night, or whether, like I said, it's a one-off and then we see him go back to, you know, feuding with Joe. It'll be interesting to see, but I am so proud of the reaction that Samoa Joe got. The fact that you know, the WWE universe, as they call it, knows exactly who the hell this guy is. He looks great. That's something else I want to talk about. Joe looks to be in the best shape of his life. He may be in better shape than he ever was in his entire tenure in tna
0: not to say i mean he's he's obviously not uh not ripped you know i mean we're talking in shape for samoa joe he's always been a heavy set guy and he does look the best he's looked in a long time i think we will see a tease of the match on nxt between he and owens but i think the money in that feud is going to be on the main roster i I think all joe is going to be money on the main roster um you know which which brings me to my next point i don't know if you if you read anything about this but when samoa joe made his debut fucking poor josh matthews melted down josh matthews formerly of the wwe now working for tna he's the voice of tna as i do the quotation marks the voice of tna uh he melted down on twitter and basically talked about the hypocrisy of the wwe talking about how how do they know who samoa joe is if If he's been in TNA for 10 years and he was in obscurity, how would they know who he is? I I, I guess he forgets that Samoa Joe was like the hottest thing on the planet in 2005 when he was in ROH. And he transitioned from ROH to TNA. Uh, He was a made star in Ring of Honor. I love how he, he talks about Samoa Joe was a made TNA star he may have been for those first couple of years. And then they kind of killed Joe in TNA. So how would the announcers know who Samoa Joe is? Well, maybe they watch ring of honor
3: or maybe they do what we do and actually did their research and know who Samoa Joe is. You know, I love that. It's, You've been an announcer and a commentator many times. It's your fucking job to know who this guy is. I mean, does Matthews think they were going to bring out Samoa Joe without telling the commentary team, without them reacting to him? I, I think Matthews has lost his fucking mind or maybe he's laid in bed next to Dixie Carter too many fucking times.
0: No, it, it, it's the TNA mentality. Once somebody goes to TNA, it, they start drinking the fucking Kool-Aid, and you have people that have this problem. I, I just This is not the first time Josh Matthews has gone on a fucking rant. You know, he, he went off on JR last year or earlier this year and basically said something on Twitter to the effect of people over 60 shouldn't comment or it, just some stupid shit. Uh, he just he's lost his fucking mind. The guy's bitter that he got fired from WWE, and now he thinks he's the shit because he's the fucking guy on TNA. And again, I don't know if he's any good or not, because I can honestly say I haven't watched TNA since last year. And even then, it was spotty at best when I would watch it. I think Josh Matthews needs to shut the fuck
3: up. I mean, that's just to me. It, it, it comes off as so pathetic. And man. Bush League, I- he comes across like a fucking little whiny bitch. Yeah, and he may hear this, and I, I, quite frankly, don't give a fuck. I don't give fuck either. There. It, it, I mean, come on, man. Just because now you're working for that company, you know, oh, so they know who Samoa Joe is. Of course they know who Samoa Joe is, you fucking idiot. They're well aware of who AJ Styles is. They're well aware of who Christopher Daniels is. That's their job because WWE is a professionally run company, unlike TNA, which is not. I mean, really, man, are they slipping this guy, you know, checks under the fucking table to say, oh, go on Twitter and put over? Here's how it came off to me. What I think he was trying to say instead of saying, you know, oh, uh, how does WWE know who uh, Samoa Joe is if they don't follow TNA? What I think he was really trying to say was, hey, guess what? Samoa Joe used to be in this company called TNA. Why don't you come check it out? It, it was just a pathetic attempt at getting them publicity because they can't get publicity any way else. That's that's just how I feel. He needs to shut the fuck up. I, I could not <laughs> agree more. I'm, I'm telling you, man, the, the only publicity that TNA will try to get is free. You know, God forbid they... Hold on, let me look up this word in my dictionary here. Oh, God forbid they paid to get advertised. No, let's use... And this is one of the fundamental problems with this fucking company. They use the
0: competition to advertise themselves. Which is funny when you think about it, because allegedly Dixie Carter used to run an ad agency uh, long before she did wrestling stuff. I'm baffled. At all the years TNA's been in business the lack of advertising for their stuff. I used to, you know, Trey and I used to talk about that all the time. The lack of advertisements to promote that show. And the irony is that Dixie Carter successfully, supposedly ran an ad agency before TNA was ever even in existence.
3: You know the name of her agency? It was called Black Hole Agency because everything she advertised fucking vanished from this universe, the same way things do when they fall into a black hole.
0: (laughs) I guess, dude. I don't know. I... Oh, I don't even know. But yeah, I had to bring up that uh, little Josh Matthews nugget because it was just too good to resist.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like that's like fucking food to a starving dog. You got to bring that shit up. And since the last time we did a podcast, Taz left TNA. No, really? Someone actually left TNA? You fucking liar.
0: No, I'm serious. Taz left because they were late paying him. He couldn't secure his paycheck. So I'm glad that guys like Josh Matthews and, and uh, TJ Perkins and uh, I don't know who else are getting paid on time because the rest of them sure the fuck aren't. So I I just find it funny when the rumor mill hits and then you have the TNA supporters, oh, that's bullshit, that's not happening. Fucking TJ Perkins said that fucking he got paid and he's making blah, 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 and everything's fine, and and Matt Hardy said this, and uh, fucking Joe Blow from Chicago who does all their shit, he's fucking doing good. I just, I fucking love that shit. I love when the fucking TNA marks, and this show is like, we hate TNA marks. I mean, I don't even fucking care. You can hate my guts all you want. I just think TNA marks are like the lowest fucking denominator. You know, anybody that wants to sit back and really disagree uh, with with the reports and say, oh, well, that's not true. You don't know the whole story. Uh, Somebody said the other day that Meltzer gets more stories wrong than he does right. Well the ones that he does get right, he's usually bang on. He was the one that broke the the news last year about Spike TV and TNA being finished and then we had the same shit come up this year. But last, you know, last year it was, oh, that's bullshit. That's not happening and what happened? Spike TV ousted TNA. So he was proven right. Let's not forget Meltzer was the original dirt sheet. He was the guy that was predicting stuff in WWE long time ago. And I think his track record's a lot better than, you know, he gets more wrong than he gets right. I think it's about even, but when he's right, he's right. And when he's wrong, he's wrong. So I just, I think it's funny that TNA marks come out in droves. Well, Meltzer fucking lies about everything. He don't know what the fuck he's talking about. He's fucking wrong. 90% of the fucking time. No, he's not. He's not wrong. 90% of the time. Does he get everything right? No, absolutely not. But when he's right, folks, he's fucking right. I I need to rewind for a minute because we we haven't done a
3: show in so long. And this is, yes, it's an old story, but. I talked about this on Facebook, and I just want to give it a little time here. You know, going back to the original TNA story about not only their talent, but also their production crew getting paid late. You know, I'm sorry, man. JJ and I are working guys. We're not millionaires. We're not rich. We go to work every day. When I go to work and I perform my duties as agreed upon, At the end of the week, okay, I'm paid bi-weekly, whatever. I expect to get a paycheck that reflects the work I did. That's free economy. That's the United States, Canada, the UK, wherever free market exists. You do the work, you get paid for it. I find it absolutely revolting and disgusting and disgraceful that a company like TNA, which is backed by Panda Energy which is one of the biggest, richest power companies in the continental United States, actually can't deliver a paycheck on time. If the guy went in the ring and wrestled, if the guy took his camera and filmed it, if the referee counted and did what he was supposed to do, they have fulfilled their end of the contract. And the fact that a company like Panda Energy slash TNA cannot pay their workers on time is absolutely fucking disgusting to me.
0: And I just wanted to say that because we haven't talked about it. Here's the deal. It's not so much that Panda Energy can't pay them. It's the fact that Panda Energy is the parent company. Obviously, Bob Carter and Janice Carter own Panda Energy. Okay, And the situation is that they fund TNA. So TNA, if you remember, according to Dixie Carter, is, quotations again, Cash flow positive. <coughs> Let me say that again. Quotations, hands in the air, cash flow positive. That's right. That's what she's telling people in interviews, that they make money. They're cash flow positive. The reason these people don't get paid on time is because the money that TNA has coming in from their fan base is not enough money to cover the expenses from the fans. So they're not making money, which means they're not cash flow positive. When you do not make enough money to pay your employees, you are not cash flow positive. This is a quick lesson in economics. If you do not make what you spend, you are not cash flow positive. If I work a full year, And say I make $100,000, which I don't. But let's just say in a year I make $100,000. And my bills are $150,000. Am I cash flow positive? No, you're in the red. Exactly. Now you understand. So when she goes on fucking radio shows and makes an idiot of herself by saying, oh, we're cash flow positive, darling. That's exactly how she comes across. And anybody that believes that she's cash flow positive is a fucking moron panda energy has lost more money in the last however many years they've been back in this company than they've ever made and that's a bona fide fucking fact yeah but then close the company
3: don't continue to punish your employee well i can't call them employees independent contractors whatever you want to call them but regardless of whatever more like indentured
0: servants because they're not getting fucking paid on time
3: yeah i I mean you know the That, to me, is just something that that I can't accept. And I don't know anyone. You talk about these people who defend TNA, and you're right. There's, There's no defense, none. You cannot defend not paying employees on time who have fulfilled their end. There is no, you could pull anything out of your hat. You can't defend that. That's slavery. That's something that Abraham Lincoln and the rest of, congress fought to abolish
0: 200 fucking years ago the emancipation proclamation and tna is still holding the man down they are holding them down by not paying them what they're owed you know look at guys like aj styles who left the guy was making three hundred thousand dollars a year his contract comes up they renegotiate a contract with him and offer him like one hundred fifty thousand, or maybe it was 200 000 a year so he's going to take a, a pay cut of over $100,000 just to continue working for TNA and, uh, again, putting his body on the line. Wrestling is not an easy thing to do, and it puts wear and tear on your body. So when you're going out there and you're performing, especially on the indies and you're making 20 bucks, you know every bump that you take could be your last. So if TNA wants to undercut a guy $100,000 a year so that they can keep his services, it's pretty telling. And, you know, as far as what you said, TNA shutting down, I know that we've said that this company is is on its deathbed and it's, you know, it's almost dead now until Bob Carter dies. And I'm not saying I want that to happen anytime soon because I don't wish death on anybody. But until Dixie's dad, Bob, passes away, that company will remain a business. It doesn't matter if they lose their TV deal, which we're about to jump into with Destination America. It doesn't matter if they're on local access channel fucking five every Saturday night at fucking 3 a.m. As long as there is a breath in Bob Carter's body, he will continue to fucking have his daughter Dixie play in the sandbox called TNA. Yeah, Yeah, but on the flip side. And that's the honest truth. That's that's exactly what's going to happen. Until that man passes away and Janice has the checkbook and she's running that fucking company, he will continue to allow that company to stay open. Whether they have 10 people employed on the roster that get paid on a regular basis and they have 20 no-name talents from the indies, that are fucking preliminary guys and can't do a goddamn thing. This company is dead. They just don't know it yet. They just haven't shut the fucking doors. And I know that people think that I'm a horrible person because I want TNA to fold. And I do. I absolutely, positively want this company to fucking go to hell. Because it's dead, it's been dead for years, it has no potential to fucking do anything. It did at one point in time, and I did support it. But the people running this company are awful fucking people, and I think they can all go to fucking hell. Because none of them know how to fucking run a business. And I'm tired of hearing, this guy didn't get paid, this chick didn't get paid, they're on fucking food stamps. At least if this company folds tomorrow... There is hope that the good ones can find a job. I don't want to see anybody get fired or be out of a job. Please understand that. This was never about the talent at TNA who go out every fucking night and bust their ass because they deserve better than this. They deserve to work for a company where they A, get paid good, B, get paid on fucking time, and C, don't have to put up with the fucking bullshit that Dixie Carter and her idiot staff put them through on a fucking weekly, daily, monthly, yearly basis. So please... Don't fucking sit there and say, oh, this guy's a fucking piece of shit because he wants his people to lose their job. No, I don't want anybody to lose their fucking job. Do I want TNA to go out of business? You're goddamn fucking right I do. But I think that every one of them deserve better than they're getting now. And you know what? They'll probably make a decent career on the fucking indies, maybe working for Lucha Underground, maybe going to New Japan. And those that can't, well, I'm sorry. Maybe it's time to find something else. You know, the wrestling business is not an easy business. And when you break in, you're told to find something to fall back on. Not everybody can be a professional wrestler. I hate to tell this to people. It's not a job that just anybody can do. The cream always rises to the top. My point is it's time to shit or get off the pot.
3: Yeah, but if if you know it's almost like Bob Carter, you know what, if you're willing to support a crackhead's habit, support the whole habit. That's my problem. You say, okay, well, as long as Bob Carter's alive, this company's going to be around. Fine. If Bob Carter wants to spend the money to keep Dixie's dream alive, then give her enough money to pay her fucking talent. I just, you know, maybe I'm blaming the wrong people, but that really, you know, for some reason that's like personal to me. That just pisses me off because... I've gone through times where I've done work and had trouble getting paid, and it pissed me off. You know, well,
0: well, exactly. You make a good point, and and it's for those people that do have a job, and you go and, and you get paid every week or every two weeks or ever how the pay scale works. You don't go to work one day, get your paycheck, and they say, oh, you know, we we didn't make much this week, so we're going to have to cut your salary by fifty percent. You know, but you could you continue to work for us, but you're just going to have to take a pay cut. Now, I don't know about you, Bronx. But if I go into my job tomorrow and they say, hey, you know, in order for us to keep you here, you're going to have to take a pay cut, you know, like a 75% or a 50% or a 25%. I'm going to look at my boss and say, fuck you, I'll go work somewhere else because I work for my family to put food on the table, a roof over my fucking head. I'm not about to be undercut because these motherfuckers aren't making money because they're not smart enough to fucking run their business. And, And people that continue to work for them and be subjected to this, ultimately get what they deserve. And, and, I, and I hate that, that that comes out so cynical and so mean because, again, all the, the guys and gals that work for TNA, I wish them nothing but the best. I want to see them succeed. Sure. I want them to get a good job in wrestling or whatever that's going to, to fucking pay their bills, that's going to be beneficial to them. And I just don't feel like they're getting that in TNA. They're not. They haven't been. I mean, let's let's be realistic, folks. I'm not going to fucking sugarcoat this and make it sound like it's a little cookie cutter bullshit because they're not. And I just can't support a company that does this to their employees because anybody that will sit there and stand, you know, and support TNA and say, oh, well, uh, the business is bad right now. None of you motherfuckers will take a pay cut. None of you. It doesn't matter if you're fucking digging ditches, driving trucks, fucking making whoppers, flipping burgers in the back, washing dishes, none of you are going to say, okay, I'll take a pay cut to continue working here. No, you're going to go find another fucking job, and you're going to do yourself better. And if you don't, you're a fucking idiot.
3: Well, at the end of the day, my landlord doesn't want to hear that shit. My power company doesn't want to hear that shit. You know, I can't call up my power company. Could, could you please keep my power on an extra week because my company was late in pay paying me. They're going to say fuck you. That's not our problem. Go collect cans, you know. You're you're hurting people, you're hurting their families and and that, you know, we're going to get into this in a few minutes, but fuck the TV deal. Fuck the Destination America deal or or whatever. That, to me, is the one thing that's really pissing me off. The fact that, you know, they're fucking people out of their money. And I, I'm sorry, I just can't continue to try to put a good face on a company that does that. Because I'm a working guy. If I was a millionaire, maybe I'd be a prick about it. But as a working guy, I can't justify that. No way.
0: Yeah, your last name's not Rockefeller. My last name's not Rothschild. We're, we're not fucking self-made billionaires. Um, you know, again, we're working class guys and what? I, I just, I can't understand why so many people support this company and why so many of their talent stay there. I, I know they're afraid they're never going to get a job anywhere else, but fuck, you know, GFW is on the horizon. Let's see what Jeff can do with that. You know, ring of Honor is always looking for talent. Uh, Lucha underground is another good place to work. I mean, now right now they don't know if there's going to be a season two. I think there will be, but th- there's so many different places you can work as as a pro wrestler, you know? Uh, if TNA was, to, you know, the other argument is, well, if TNA goes out of business, that's one less place for people to work. Yeah, it is. But it's also one less place where people won't get fucking paid. Well, yeah, it's one less place for, for people to work.
3: Great. It's great to work at a place if you get fucking paid. I mean, I, what's the difference if a TNA exists that doesn't pay people or a TNA doesn't exist where People don't get paid anyway. It's it's a catch-22. What difference does it make? I mean, I don't know, man. I I think we both gave our opinions on it. It's just, it's so Bush League. You know, Destination America, uh, uh, not Destination America, Panda Energy would not allow one of their power plant workers to go without pay. But yet, they're allowing one of their subsidiaries, TNA workers, to go without pay. So... Mm. You know, that tells me something about that company, too.
0: And to to any of you TNA cultists out there, because that's what they are. Fans of TNA are a cult. So (laughs) so to any of you cultists out there that don't like the views expressed by myself or Bronxzilla, feel free to send us a nasty email. I don't give a fuck. If you want to tell me that I'm a a douchebag piece of shit, fucking do it. I don't care. SNS radio unplugged at yahoo.ca. That's my fucking email. Send me a fucking piss poor email. I don't give a fuck. I don't care what you think. At the end of the day, I really don't give a shit what anybody thinks. I'm giving you my opinion. Now, you could take my opinion and with 25 cents try to buy a cup of coffee. I don't give a fuck what you do with it, but I'm going to put it out there. Well, you know, I I think Hold on a second. The thing about being a TNA cultist, though, there's not a lot of you around. It's a very small cult. A very small one.
3: Yeah, if you guys drink the Kool-Aid,
0: not too many people are going to notice. Somebody just needs to spike the fucking Kool-Aid and be done with it. I'm telling you, man. It's just now Now let's 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 break into this major news that we have. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is the thing we really wanted to talk about as as it relates to TNA. I already said Melter kind of broke this last year with TNA and Spike TV parting ways. They wanted to get out of the wrestling business and everybody was like, oh, that's bullshit. That's not going to happen. And lo and behold, what happened? Spike TV said, well, we're going to wrap things up at the at the end of the year and TNA. Uh, is no longer a part of the station. Meltzer was justified in that statement. Now, a report came out this past week that Dave Meltzer uh, reported that there is an out clause in the contract with TNA Wrestling from Destination America that they're going to take in September. And in the fall, TNA Wrestling will not be renewed. It will be effectively canceled on Destination America, to which every TNA mark and their mother fucking threw a fit oh that Meltzer he's fucking lying again oh how dare he this is the same guy that said last year at the end of the year what was going to happen to TNA they haven't even been six months into a fucking television deal with Destination America and the rumors have already come out that they're being dropped by Destination America and once again Dave Meltzer who was vindicated and proven right has said that there is an out clause in September they're not taking it They've decided to even move them to Wednesday nights. And there you have it, folks. But, but there's more to the story. Can, there, can,
3: go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Can I take care of this one, please? Because it's just so hilarious. After Meltzer reported on that, now, here is the excellent PR that TNA has, public relations. This was their response. Because, of course, after Meltzer reported this, every news site on planet Earth and even a couple on Mars they said it has come to our attention that several internet news sources have falsely attributed statements to TNA its executives and broadcasting partner these false statements constitute defamation and if necessary we will seek all legal remedies available to us now Meltzer said on his message board guess who didn't get one threatening email plus I have records of all my emails over the past two weeks to Dixie addressing every issue covered. So Meltzer gave TNA the chance to respond. They didn't. They responded by threatening to sue him. Now, folks, that is how you do public
0: relations. I'll go a step further. Not only did, did TNA not send him a cease and desist letter, they didn't. They weren't very forthcoming with their talent as well, by telling them they would address the situation at the next set of TV tapings, <laughs> which was supposed to be, I think, around June twenty fourth or whatnot. So, again, what company? doesn't address it with the talent working for them. If you're a guy or gal working for them and, and you hear this news, your first instinct is, uh hey Dixie, what the fuck is going on? Uh shouldn't we be notified? Shouldn't we be told what's going on? Oh, we'll address them at the next set of tapings. Well here's the funny thing. To add on to this situation, no no wait, wait, before before I get too far into this, the other rumor that was being reported was that Dixie Carter had sent an email to her creative team and was basically disparaging Destination America, saying that they were idiots and knew nothing about pro wrestling. And she accidentally CC'd this to somebody at Destination America. Now, this is the same person, uh, this, this is the same company that that there was an issue with Vince Russo, where he sent something to, I think, Mike Johnson, or, or he sent something to somebody, Mike Tanay, and it went to Mike Johnson And that was that he was still working with TNA, and they came out and denied this. Do you remember all that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. And that came to be a true story as well. That really did happen. So, allegedly, there's this email that Dixie Carter put out to the creative team or different people in TNA, and she basically was talking shit about the Destination America people. Now, if that did happen, in fact, and Destination America got that email and they read through that, wouldn't that be another reason you'd want to fucking get rid of these people Come September When their contract was was up If you had well, an out clause And they were talking shit about you And you went and fucking gave them a chance To fucking shine on your network Wouldn't you I mean like personally If, if I brought somebody on board And gave them an opportunity Say a say new radio show came up And I gave them the opportunity To do the radio show on the SNS radio network And they accidentally sent an email to myself or Harmony or you and they talked about how much of an asshole JJ is and how out of touch he is with everything. Do you think that I'm going to keep them on my fucking network? Do you think that I'm going to be like, really? I would turf their fucking ass. So anybody that's wondering, well, well, this is the highest rated show on Destination America, why would they get rid of it? It don't well, take it don't
3: take a rocket scientist, guys. Well, it gets better because after TNA released this press conference, what came out was a memo, an internal memo within Discovery, which owns Destination America. And this is the exact quote from the memo. Destination America is not renewing TNA wrestling next year. While the ratings were strong, the audience was not large enough to justify the program investment. We plan to honor the current contract to continue to air original episodes of TNA Wrestling. Okay, now this says on Friday nights through the end of the third quarter 2015 when the upfront rate card is released, the Friday night and anthology title will now be called American Tales, which will be a combination of paranormal and Americana programming. Now <sighs> Yeah. Okay. Now, what this memo states is they're going to stop airing it on Friday night. Some could interpret that as they move to Wednesdays. But what that internal memo tells me is that Meltzer was correct the first time, and Destination America doesn't have that much, you know, stock in this company. And then, of course, we can get to the ROH shit in a moment.
0: Well, again, after this, they moved them to Wednesday nights, which might be a better time slot for them. We'll see what happens here. Again. Even if it is that Meltzer was, was wrong and they're just moving them to Wednesday nights and they're not going to continue on Friday nights, I, I find that hard to believe that that's the situation. I just find this a little strange that, you know, we're not even six months into this and they're already not happy with the investment. Advertisers allegedly, and I say allegedly because I don't have any proof, allegedly do not want to advertise during TNA. and And why would that be? Well... I mean, let's be honest. What's the one thing that you and I and me and Trey and and anybody that I've ever done a radio show has said about TNA wrestling? The name is shit. TNA is attributed to tits and ass. I mean, let's be honest. When people hear, oh, it's TNA, what do you honestly think they think?
3: Well, yeah, and I also think that the numbers have a lot to do with it. I mean, you and I talked about this the other night off the air. You know, when McDonald's comes to Destination America and says, well, what's a good show? Uh, Yeah, they're the highest rated show on the the, station. But these big, profitable companies are used to doing business with shows that do three, four, five ratings. That's where I think TNA is getting killed. I don't think it's so much the viewership. It's the fact that every network you know relies on advertising and if your advertisers don't want to buy a block while TNA's on, you know what commercials do you put while TNA's
0: on? You know what do you do? Yeah, I mean that's a problem. That I mean, you know, that's that's a really big problem. If advertisers do not want to advertise on the program, you are going to have some issues. Um, something else to look at. Spike TV had them for 5 years and At one point, they were Spike's highest-rated TV show. Toward the end, they were getting outdrawn by cops. Reruns of cops. Not even, like, first-run episodes of cops. We're talking, you know, like, total rerun episodes from, like, five, ten years ago. So, they get taken away from, from their network deal on Spike TV. They now go to Destination America. If the rumors are true, if Meltzer is right, and they are Out in September. I don't know of another cable network that will touch this company. Because that's going to be two networks you've gone through in the span of about a year. That you were kicked off of. I mean, it's not not like CBS or ABC or Fox or any major network is going to touch them. And, And here's the thought. They had all these networks that they were negotiating with. And yet they went with Destination America, which was a shitty deal. Because... Their production was like cut in half. So at this point, I don't know where they would go. Their only hope in hell would be to go to Vince McMahon and try to make some kind of deal where they air their show on the WWE Network. Uh, I I don't see that happening without him buying the company out. I don't think WWE
3: would ever keep them as a separate entity. Vince would certainly buy the tape library, but as far as giving them a platform on the network, I don't think it's going to happen. TNA has slung too much shit at WWE over the years that WWE has ignored. I I don't see that
0: happening. I mean, I mean, the other option is TNA could do their own network. (laughs) You drinking? Seriously, are you drunk? Uh, no! I'm serious. They can do their own network. I mean, hey, they're they're cash flow positive. They can they can have a network. Why not? Why not? I mean, anybody that's cash flow positive, I think, could do it. T, the TNA network. How, how do you subscribe? Nobody really knows. Who subscribes? No, you know they might have what eight thousand subscribers on launch, I and mean, that was what they were doing pay per view wise. And their website will only work with Internet Explorer. There you go. Hey, you know that might be the option. They might have to do the TNA network. I mean, they'll have what like 100 hours of footage? Uh, no, they've been in business for what? 10 years? They've been 2002. So, going on uh, going on 15 years.
3: Yeah, uh, I that would be hilarious.
0: They might do it. They they tried Monday nights. Hey. You know, and then and then we have Bischoff and 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 Garrett Bischoff and Jason Hervey suing. For monies that are owed to them. You know, as, as if there wasn't enough rumors that they don't pay their talent. Bischoff and Garrett are, are allegedly alleging that they're owed 112002 cents. Wow. And two cents. I think yeah. I think Garrett was owed like $11,000 in the two cents. That's where the two cents comes in. No, oh, Garrett and, was just
3: owed the two cents. The rest is all Eric's.
0: It's all Eric and, and fucking Jason Hervey.
3: Well, you know what? If if they're legit, owed that money, then they should sue. I mean, you know, it it is what it is.
0: I don't know, you know, and and then then we get into the to uh, fucking what was it Wednesday when the news broke that that ROH had signed a fucking deal, even though it's like a six month deal. They they signed like a, a six month deal to be on Destination America as the lead-in program for Impact Wrestling. And the fucking floodgates broke loose. Because TNA and ROH are not a company that work together, folks. In fact, ROH has connections with New Japan Pro Wrestling. They have connections with Jeff Jarrett and Global Force Wrestling. They do not have a working relationship with TNA Wrestling. And I know that there's a lot of people speculating on radio shows that think that they might try to start some fucking war between the two of them to escalate ratings. I just don't see that happening. I, I think this is a case of uh, Destination America saw that ROH was a growing company. They look at the WWE roster and they see guys like Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, all who got their notoriety in ROH. And they're looking to bring that brand you know, to their to their network. I think that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, I think that this is a very telling sign for TNA. Not to mention that all these bonus shows that TNA was supposed to have on Destination Destination America have been cancelled. They're not going forward with them. There was like three or four shows they were going to do. One with Mike Tenay, where it was like an interview type show. They were going to do like a best of TNA matches. All that stuff has been cancelled, folks. Now I ask you, do you think that looks like they're going to keep this network in September when they've canceled all those shows? I just don't see it. But now they're bringing ROH aboard. I mean, its it, you could say it's a love triangle. And I think in the end, this is going to be a big deal for ROH. Could it help TNA? Maybe. Maybe the lead into TNA could help them. But if they're not getting the rating that they're getting, if they're getting a, a shitty rating that's not... Uh, living up to what they thought, I don't think ROH being the lead-in is going to help them. Now, if ROH doubles the rating that TNA does, holy fuck. That's just going to make them a dead fucking show. They're going to look at that and say, yep, this is exactly what we thought. If ROH doesn't get the ratings TNA gets, well then, maybe it was a bad idea. But I think come September, they're gone. And I don't think you're going to see a war of the network between the two shows. I just don't see it happening. And I've heard several places this week talk about that. Oh, I think it'd be great. I think you could have James Storm jump ship to fucking ROH. I just don't see that happening. I I don't. If it does, then maybe it will be a momentum boost. I'd love to be wrong here. But I don't think you're going to see that, folks. I just don't.
3: Well, here's something I want to address with that, too, because MVP came out and did an interview this week where he was kind of criticized for saying, you know what? it would have been nice if our you know our TNA talent would have been informed about what was going on and I've heard people on podcasts say well you're an employee you know you shouldn't you shouldn't ask questions no goddammit. When it something happens that affects your future and affects your income no I think you should be informed about what's going on you know if 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 my company that I work for is gonna go out of business I'd rather know two months in advance than two days in advance. I think that if you're a member of that roster, you should be kept in the loop. Now, WWE probably doesn't keep its its roster in the loop about certain things, but they're not, you know, being threatened with going out of business.
0: Well, now, now, mean, now hold, hold,
3: hold, hold on, hold on, hold on.
0: Yeah, I think I'm, I'm a little confused as to what you're saying. I think you got two separate things going here. One, Destination America didn't really have to tell anybody in TNA what was going on and, and believe it or not I don't think Dixie Carter and anybody in TNA knew that this deal between ROH and DA was going to happen I honest to God think that, that caught them off guard and it sent them scurrying and they had no idea now as far as MVP wanting to know what's going on with the company as far as they're being canceled come September that's something he, he has a right to know about I don't think that he has a right to know what happens on Destination America because he is not working, per se, for Destination America. He's working for TNA, who has a contract with Destination America. So it's not in their best interest to tell them everything they don't feel that pertains to them. So if ROH didn't pertain to them specifically, they didn't need to know about it. So I understand that point. But my only thing about this is... He has every right to know about what's going on with TNA as a company, not who Destination America is signing deals with. That's two completely different things. As it impacts his future working with with TNA, absolutely. He has every right. He should know about it. And TNA, once again, kept their employees in the dark. And when the issue was brought up, they said that they had no news to report, that they were not addressing the situation.
3: Well, I mean, I just think it's funny that, you know, they're putting ROH an hour before impact on a Wednesday night. You know, I don't know how to interpret it. You know, are they trying to create a block of wrestling programming that's going to endure? Are they doing this maybe to try to, you know, boost up the ratings on Wednesday nights when TNA airs? Are they really behind trying to make both companies go on or is roh eventually in their minds going to be a replacement for tna it's kind of strange the way the whole thing's going down because the fact that you know they're not putting roh on another night they're putting them as a lead in it's almost like roh is that popular singer you bring in to try to you know be the opener for the more popular singer but I don't think TNA is the more popular singer. I think they're the less popular singer. I think ROH has a bigger fan base than they do.
0: Well, and here's the other thing about that, too. Now with this Destination America deal, they're going to reach more household audiences than TNA Impact. So not only do they have their, their you know Sinclair Broadcasting subsidiaries, have them airing in different markets where they're actually being seen, now they're going to have Destination America. So they're going to be seen in more homes than TNA wrestling, which now makes them the number 2 default promotion in the US, not TNA. So with this deal, even though it's a temporary deal, they're going to meet they're going to reach more households than TNA wrestling. Here's the other thing. The deal is with Sinclair Broadcasting, not ROH. Sinclair is the parent company of ROH. So, keep this in mind. The Destination America deal with TNA, they were helping to produce TNA impact with the deal they have with ROH Sinclair is already doing the production for their shows. They're getting the rights to air it on destination America, which means they're not having to pay as much to get ring of honor on their network. It's all about that fucking money Bronx. So are you going to sink money into a product that has produced guys like CM punk, Samoa, Joe, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, or are you going to keep around a promotion that's been around since 2002, has a negative reputation, costs you uh, lots of money, and doesn't produce how you want it to, and is also something negative to your advertisers? I mean, there's a lot of factors here, folks. It don't take a rocket scientist to figure out what's happening here. You want me to give you a prediction, and I want to see if you agree with this. I know a lot of people are thinking ROH
3: and TNA may eventually cross paths somehow. Now, mind you, I'm not saying that's a horrific idea if it was done right. But I don't think that's where Destination America and you know these, these companies want to go. What I'm thinking TNA is going to end up doing is they're not going to be able to resist taking shots at ROH that airs an hour before them. And that is going to piss off Destination America. It's going to piss off ROH's, um, you know, broadcasters and things like that because they did it with WWE. I'm wondering if Dixie Carter and TNA will be able to keep quiet about ROH and not throw jabs at them without being asked to. That's what I'm worried about. I have a feeling they're just not going to be able to resist. They're going to end up throwing some shot at ROH that's going to piss off the broadcasters, and they're
0: going to get in more trouble because that's the track record here. Like I said, we're just going to have to sit back and watch. I don't get Destination America here in Canada. Uh, Granted, the Fight Network has started airing TNA Impact, but I haven't watched it because I don't care. I don't mind because they don't matter to me. And that's just the honest to God's truth. And even if I did want to watch it, there's not enough hours in the day. You know, between watching Raw, NXT, Lucha Underground. Those are the main wrestling programs I watch. I don't go out of my way to fucking find something. If I can't find it, I don't watch it. And I just don't feel the need to watch DNA. And again, there's a lot of talented people. I'm actually happy for Drew Galloway that he's working for them i want, I wanted to see that guy excel and, and do well. And unfortunately, he's in a company that I could give two shits about. So I think this is great for Ring of Honor. I think it's going to help boost their, uh, their fan base. And for TNA fans, here's something to look forward to. Guys like Daniels and Kazarian and Jay Lethal, who used to be TNA stars, well, they work for ROH. And they're doing just fine. And they're doing great. They're thriving. So it'll be a homecoming of sorts for some of those TNA fans to watch those former talents on ROH. I just I don't think the future looks bright for TNA, and I'm going to say this one more time. I think it's the nail in the coffin for their American distribution. I know that they have deals in the UK and in different countries for television, and they may still keep those. doesn't matter come September if they're axed from the network. I'm sure that they're going to keep running as long as Bob Carter has a breath in his body and a beat in his heart. But when that day comes that that no longer is the case, this company will fold. They are a company that should have shut down years ago and they have managed to stay open to spite themselves. And people always say, "Oh, they said this about WCW. They've lasted longer than WCW and ECW. Absolutely. But the funding just ran out. You know, wcw died the minute turner would not air their shows they were a dead promotion without tv they knew it and they fucking closed shop ecw went bankrupt end of story until bob carter dies and panda energy stops putting money into that company they're going to continue to run around doesn't matter who's on their roster john cena could quit wwe tomorrow and go work for tna and it wouldn't make a fucking difference They have a stigma attached to them. They're not a popular company. There's nothing but negativity associated with Impact Wrestling and TNA.
3: Well, now, you made a point that you may not even realize you made. What did you say earlier? Now, TNA fans may watch ROH to see guys like AJ Styles, to see guys like Christopher Daniels, who were TNA mainstays. The TNA audience will watch ROH. The ROH audience will watch TNA. Why?
0: I don't know if they're if they're true wrestling fans. That's the other one. I, I love when these <laughs> idiots on the message boards. If you're a true wrestling fan, you'll support TNA. No, no, I'm a true wrestling fan, and I, I don't. So go fuck yourself if you think that. I mean, that's crazy.
3: That's like saying because you know you're a true hamburger fan, you support. You know, a company that poisons people. I mean, I just, I just don't. I've never understood that either. I mean, a, wrestling fans come in all shapes and sizes. You may like a certain show, you may not like a certain show. Just because you're a football fan, you may watch the NFL, but if you know Jim's football league opens and you don't watch it, it doesn't mean you're not a football fan. I mean, that, that's just, that's just ridiculous.
0: Unfortunately, the vast majority of wrestling fans wear five X's and type on the internet all day. So that'd be me. There you go. See, Bronx is representing over here, folks.
3: I'm definitely a Cheeto-munching, beer-drinking, typical keyboard nerd wrestling fan.
0: You know, I I gave up the Mountain Dew. I I never really... You know, I like Cheetos, but I I, I eat them in moderation. I was never into Mountain Dew, uh, honestly. Never liked it. Dr. Pepper is more my thing. But I'm actually going to start working out in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to get a membership to... uh, a 24-hour place down the road it's a it's a physical therapy place called the talisman center and i'm going to start my my journey and getting back to shape i'll never i'll never have six-pack abs but uh i definitely want to get back down to my uh my after high school weight let's put it that way
3: gotta start posting that shit on the internet i want to see you working out with eye of the tiger behind it oh
0: dude i should make some cheesy ass videos with eye of the tiger and uh, some fucking shit from Rocky. Uh, what is it? No easy way out. Just some fucking cheesy. Like, and I should make it like a cheesy '80s video. I should be wearing like a fucking headband and fucking you know like bicycle shorts, fucking tank tops. That'd be fucking. That'd be the bomb, dude. I should totally do that. I'm telling
3: you, man, you might get those six pack abs after a while. You know, JJ I'm-
0: punching the full body bag. Fucking thinking I'm Rocky. That'd be awesome.
3: That'd be no, some good stuff, no, man. No, see, 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 you you have no creativity fuck the full body I want to see you punching sides of meat like a fucking cow hung up and you just punching the shit out of it bro
0: (laughs) oh that's something that we may do in the future we'll see
3: no no animals or cows were hurt in this recording of Unplugged before you animal rights people start bitching
0: yeah we gotta have that disclaimer put up because I don't don't want PETA after my ass it's bad enough I got TNA cultists that want to burn my house down I don't need PETA after me too
3: I'm telling you, man, one night we're just going to get, like, these guys wearing fucking hoods with TNA on the front, setting my apartment building on fire, trying to burn down your house, you know, burning a fucking cross with Dixie Carter
0: on it. <laughs> I have a fucking line of crosses in my front yard that spell out Dixie Carter rules. TNA does not suck.
3: Oh, wow. I
0: just, I, 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 I just want to go to the cult meeting so I can spike the fucking Kool-Aid. And put it into it all. That's that's what I want to do. I knew we'd end up getting out of control. We tried. Yeah, I didn't try that hard. (laughs) I don't care. Again, you can send your hate mail to SNS Unplugged, or excuse me, SNS Radio Unplugged at yahoo.ca. See, I'm, I'm fucking. You know what? This is the first show we've done in like six fucking months. Like seriously, I before we even did this show tonight, I forgot even how to do radio. I thought I might have to call somebody up and say, hey, how do I produce again? It's been that fucking long. I had to blow off all the dust on my fucking mixer. You know, had to make sure all the levels were good. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It's been that long.
3: Yeah, I've had about 50 updates to Skype in the last week. You know, since Microsoft took over Skype, there's like an update every fucking day.
0: Well, they're trying.
3: Not very well. <laughs>
0: That's true. Well, I think is that is that all the TNA news we have? Yeah, let's get off TNA. I'm like
3: getting depressed right now. Okay, I'm halfway through my first wrist. Can we stop?
0: Yeah, I've already done like 30 minutes of Benny Hill music while we've been talking about this. This is this is great. I still got another four minutes to go, but I'll I'll turn it off.
3: Thank you. Please, it's it, it's like when we talk about TNA. I forgot the music was there. I just ignored it. It was just going for like 40 fucking
0: minutes. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's transition into some happy times. Let's talk about uh, – let's give our predictions for tomorrow night's, uh, you know, network-exclusive pay-per-view elimination chamber. Yeah, this kind of was thrust upon us, like, real quick
3: like that. You know, a couple weeks ago – in fact, it was on payback. They announced, oh, by the way <laughs> – network exclusive pay-per-view, we're bringing back the Elimination Chamber, which I have no issue with. You know, that's one thing, before we get into, the, into this, I just want to say, another group of, speaking to TNA fans, another group of bottom-feeding people out there are these people who, every time the network does anything, oh, I'm canceling my subscription, I'm doing this. Look, We went from paying $64 for pay-per-views every month to paying $10 for pay-per-views every month, plus giga quads of other content. Shut the fuck up. If you want to cancel a network, do it, but do it quietly and get off the fucking internet. I'm so sick of these network boo birds. I'm canceling my fucking subscription. You know, they don't have the episode of raw from January 5th, 1994.
0: Fuck them. Shut the fuck up, really. Well, I mean, like what do you want? I mean, they can't give you everything. They can't put everything on the network right now, then what's what's the excuse to, you know, keep doing it? Oh, well, you still get the pay-per-views for 10 bucks, but at some point what they're what they're going to have to do. And we've said this all along. They need to completely put a schedule up on the network where on Monday you have this program. Maybe you have old episodes of Monday Night Raw. Maybe you start it from the initial first episode of Monday Night Raw and then you you just continue to run week to week. You see a classic episode or maybe you see more than one episode. Maybe they maybe they show a block of like I don't know 4 or 5 episodes of Raw from the first season. You know, and then you pick up on on the next week where you left off. Maybe you also do Monday Nitro. You start from the first episode of Nitro. What they should do is start off with Raw and then get that and then as soon as they get to around the time Nitro debuts, then you have a block of Raw and Nitro together where they have the episodes synced up where you watch Raw, then you watch Nitro. And they need to add content to the network. On Tuesday, maybe you show Tuesday Night Titans or uh, you show old episodes of ECW on the WWE Network. They have tons of stuff they could do. You could put like World Class on Wednesdays. You could start showing AWA. You could do SmackDown and Thunder on Thursdays. Uh, then you could do SmackDown on Fridays. There's just a ton of fucking shit that they should be doing, putting specials together, uh, showing some of their Beyond the Ring stuff, like their DVDs, and literally make it a fucking schedule of why you should be watching the network. Well, I hear what you're saying, and I, I support all of that,
3: but, and this may make me sound like, you know, a, a network homer guy, but I still think. 63 bucks 99 63 bucks 999 I'm happy okay Th- they can take it slow and while I think your idea is awesome and I think they will do something like that 63 bucks 999 you don't have to do much else to hook me in but they're doing so much else on top of that albeit maybe slowly for some people NXT by itself is worth 10 bucks a month I'm just amazed at the people who find an excuse every week and every month to bitch about paying 10 bucks Again, if you're that pissed off, cancel.
0: I agree. Well, let's go ahead and jump into uh, the Elimination Chamber, which will be obviously live on the WWE Network. It's a network exclusive, which means it will be not be airing on pay-per-view or pay-per-view subscribers like they've been doing with some of the other uh, WWE pay-per-views as of late. It is a network exclusive, and they're doing that because a lot of people had a free trial. Uh, It's up at the end of the month. So they're trying to get more people to subscribe uh, to the network, which I think is a great idea. It really is a great ploy for them. I really do think because you've got the Elimination Chamber tomorrow night. And then apparently they've ironed out any issues that they had with Stone Cold Steve Austin because on Monday, following Raw, Paul Heyman will be on the live Stone Cold podcast. So again, another incentive as to why you should be watching the WWE network you know we talked about this earlier i'm sick and tired of people bitching about oh the network sucks and i'm gonna cancel it and whatever then do it fucking cancel it but you cannot beat ten dollars a month for fucking pay-per-view specials you can't not to mention all the content that you have on there uh i just it's a no-brainer
2: abundant oil and natural gas keeps us moving what am i fortunate to have energy the world needs
0: but we have a
3: challenge in getting it there. Working together to find...
2: Canada has abundant energy the world needs. But we have a challenge...
3: What the fuck? This service announcement has been brought to you by Panda Energy. Keeping Canada lit up 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. That's all going to get edited out? No, that is fucking awesome. Yeah. That is beautiful beautiful that an energy company commercial came up after what we talked about tna i think it's brilliant i love it fuck you (laughs) Bronx. fucking love it fuck you man i fucking love it it is karma at
0: its best goddamn dixie carter
3: (laughs) oh my god
0: (laughs) anyway let's get back to the topic at hand elimination chamber Live on the WWE Network, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. Uh, I, I think it's a great idea, and, and why wouldn't you be a subscriber? Uh, again, ten dollars a month is—I'm not shilling for them, but it's just—it's a great deal, man. Um, I know here in Canada, there are people that have it. It's quite different from the over-the-top service that is offered through everywhere else, um, and it's like I think twelve bucks, but yeah. you don't have the—you uh, don't have the same. It's just a channel. You know, like if you have it through Rogers or Shaw or any of these other cable companies, basically the way that it works is it's like whatever's on the live stream is what you get to watch. So it's it's not the best investment. I, I, I still think the way that we're doing it, going through the VPN, is the best way to go. I, I have no complaints.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, I was going to say that, man. You know, if you can get it through a VPN, just do it. Look, WWE doesn't give a fuck. As long as I are getting your 10 bucks a month, I, I think all this legality bullshit You know, it's good to have the full network. And I I think they made a big mistake as far as that goes in not having their business model universal where everyone gets the same content. Canada, you guys are just fucked up. I'm sorry. No offense. I know Harmony will love hearing that. So I'm going to apologize ahead of time.
0: Yeah, that was that was smooth, Bronx. That was really smooth.
3: But, you know, Elimination Chamber, it, it was a pay-per-view that we thought wasn't going to come back because wasn't there something a few months ago like the arena couldn't accommodate the chamber or something? And we thought it was a dead pay-per-view. Yes. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I, it came out of nowhere, which I think sometimes you have to surprise your audience. It's a nice surprise. I, I'm Hey, you want to throw in an extra pay-per-view and I'm paying the same thing? Okay,
0: no problem. Well, it was mainly when you think about it. Uh, this this was supposed to be a house show. I think it's what Corpus Christi is where they're having the elimination chamber. So uh, that arena can support the weight of the elimination chamber. I think it's interesting that they're doing it. I definitely like it. I just never felt like they needed to have more than one chamber match.
3: Well, mm,
0: I don't know for for a pay per view that
3: you know this is a free month like you said. May was a free month. So, for people who are getting it for free, I mean, uh, you know what? If they want to do two or three chamber matches, okay. I mean, I'm not going to bitch too much about it. It could be interesting. I find the fact that they're having a tag team match in the elimination chamber extremely captivating.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to work, but it definitely does seem interesting.
3: You know, I, I don't know if you want to get into this to, to kind of sidetrack a little bit, but I have to say, I was somebody who was extremely critical in the negative of New Day when they started off as baby faces? But I must say, I'm enjoying Big E. I'm enjoying the way that they're trolling the fans and, and this whole New Day sucks, New Day rocks thing. I actually have grown very fond of New Day as a heel tag team. I think they're working out pretty goddamn well.
0: I agree. Uh, I was not a big fan of New Day because they were trying to be baby faces. And thank God that WWE decided to, to roll with this and, and have them mock the fans. And I really like what they're doing. Uh, I love the fact that, you know, Xavier Woods has been uh, instrumental in some of the, the, the falls in their matches against uh, Kid and Cesaro. You know, the fact that there was a, uh, uh, a switch between he and Kofi. That allowed uh, him to retain the tag titles for them, and the fact that any three, any combination of the three, can compete in the tag team uh, matches, I, I think works. It's the freebird rule, and I think it's great. Um, and I think the little nuances that they're doing with New Day is great. The fact that, you know, they did a promo a couple of weeks ago where they talked about how they don't whine and you know uh, they don't do this and that. And in that same promo, they were whining and they were doing exactly what they said they didn't do. Um, I, I just I think they're doing fantastic. This is a, a, a breath of fresh air for all three of these guys, and I'm enjoying them as this heel tag team. Now, granted, they're not the nation of domination type tag that I would have liked to have had, but uh, the tag team division right now in WWE is is it's getting interesting. I'm liking the tag teams. Harper and Rowan have gotten back together, which. They should have never fucking broke the Wyatt family up. i got to be honest. That was stupid. I've loved Harper and Rowan as a unit. Now that they're back together, I see good things for them in the tag division. Um, I think they're going to be a lot like the APA was in the Attitude Era where they're just beating the crap out of people left and right. You've got Kid and Cesaro, which I think is the hottest tag team they have right now. Those oh, yeah. guys are so fucking over, and it's about time. This is great for Cesaro, and it's great for Tyson Kidd. So I hope that they continue to have these guys chase. Because if you remember, the the situation was reversed. It was the New Day were the baby faces and Kid and Cesaro were the heels. And people took to Kid and Cesaro. They didn't like the New Day. And WWE acknowledged this and decided to fucking flip the page and see what happened. And right now, I think Kid and Cesaro are the hottest thing they have in the tag team division. You've still got the Los Matadores, although it wouldn't surprise me in all honesty to see Harper and Rowan kick the shit out of them and take their spot in the chamber. I kind of hope that's what happens because they're the odd men out in this tag team. You got the return of the primetime players. It's good to see Titus O'Neal and Darren Young back together. I think that's great. It sucks that the Usos right now are dealing with an injury to Jay and the Usos won't be involved in this because they were another hot thing in the tag team division. They were doing very well for themselves uh you've got uh the lucha dragons who i'm a big fan of i love me some callisto sincara uh hunico rather or hunakara as i like to call him uh really does have a good pairing with callisto who i think is probably going to be a big star on his own once they break him away from the lucha dragons but i love the potential that these guys have on this roster they're a great tag team they've got some flashy moves callisto is amazing the ascension is involved uh I do like the Ascension, although I'm not real big on Connor. I'm a huge fan of Victor uh, for obvious reasons I don't need to get into. But I think right now you're looking at a resurgence in the tag team division. And all of these guys working together, this match might surprise some people tomorrow. I think it's going to be a really good match. It has the potential to steal the show. It has the potential to be the biggest clusterfuck on the card. Uh, it has the potential to be very entertaining and I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think
3: it's going to be one of those matches. That's just going to be fun. You know, like JBL says, these guys are fun to watch. You know, I think that's where we're going to go with it. You know, I, I, I'm liking all these teams. Again, I agree with you. It's a shame that usos can't be involved, but you know, Hey, sadly people get hurt. Um, I mean, how is this gonna work? Like are all three members of the new day gonna be in one
0: pod? Are both No, members? no, o- only only two okay, if they if they are in pods, only two can be in the pod. You can't that's the funny thing, because Xavier was saying, We're not all three gonna fit in the pod. Well, all three of you aren't gonna be in the match. Only two of them will be allowed in the match, which I think is funny. Um I don't even know if they're gonna how that's even gonna work. I don't know if they they start out with, you know, one member of a tag team in a pod and one member not in a pod. I I, I don't know. I mean, this is gonna be the interesting thing to see how this even plays out. My other question is: is it once one member of the tag team is eliminated th- that both are gone, or is it just that one person's out and the tag team is still in until the other guy's eliminated? Because I mean. They're really going to have to specify how this works. I didn't watch SmackDown this week, so I don't know if they specified that. But I'm a little confused as to how the rules in this chamber match are going to be. Uh, but regardless, I, I am looking forward to it. And, and again, I think that right now the, the Los Matadores are placeholders. I don't really see them in the match. I think Harper and Rowan are going to shit kick them in the back and take their spot. And I think that would be fucking awesome.
3: And who do you see coming? I guess we might as well just give predictions. Who do you see coming out on top here?
0: If all the teams in this stay the same, if it's Los Matadores, the Ascension, the primetime players, the Dragons, Cesaro and Kid, and New Day, I see New Day retaining, possibly with some interference from that third member. If Harper and Rowan are in this thing, my pick is Harper and Rowan, because they will fucking brutalize everybody in that fucking chamber. I see some fucking dastardly shit, you know. I I can see them throwing guys through the fucking plexiglass, beating the crap out of them. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with if if Harper and Rowan are not involved, New Day retains because I think ultimately it's good to have people chase them. It's always good to have a heel tag team, and right now the program that is pretty hot is New Day and and Kid and Cesaro. So if there is no elimination of say the Matadores by Harper and Rowan, then I'm going to go New Day retains. If in fact Harper and Rowan take their spot, I think that they're going to win the whole thing. So I'll say based on those two contingencies, New Day retains or Harper and Rowan win and you have new tag team champions.
3: I'll agree partially
0: and disagree partially. I think
3: new day is going to retain regardless of if Harper and Rowan get involved. If Harper and Rowan replace someone, I think they're going to kick ass. But still, I think right now with the fan reaction, you have to keep it on new day because I think they've been doing such a great job. I mean, Monday night I marked out. I mean, come on, you prick bastards to talk about the Nassau Coliseum shutting its doors and You know, the way people here in New York, especially people in Long Island, feel about that, that was just classic dirt-cheap heel heat, which was beautiful. I think they're doing a great job. If Harper and Rowan get involved, I see a scenario where New Day wins, but you could play it off for the next couple weeks where they're scared shit of Harper and Rowan and trying... Because at the end of the day if Harper and Rowan get involved in this, they're going to immediately turn babyface because people hate the fucking New Day. So I think no matter what, New Day retains and where it goes from there, I think it's going to be fun. But I'm digging them. I want to see them retain.
0: Absolutely. I I hear what you're saying. Uh, I I just, for my own selfish reasons, I want to see Harper and Rowan with those belts because I really think they fucked up when they split them apart. I I dug them as a tag team. I really did. Yeah, uh, and,
3: and mind you, I would have no issue if Harper and Rowan won the tag titles. I wouldn't get pissed off about it. I'm just giving a prediction. I think New Day retains. But it, like you said, what's funny about this match is we don't have a lot of information about it. I, I didn't watch SmackDown either. Maybe they clarified a little bit. But it's going to be fun to
0: see how they do this. Absolutely. Uh, some of the other matches on the card, uh, I think Neville versus Bo Dallas might be on the pre-show. I don't really know. Um For those of you not in the know, Adrian Neville is the guy that beat Bo Dallas uh, back last year at the NXT Arrival Special, the first NXT special that they did on the network. Uh, He beat Bo Dallas and uh, won the NXT Championship. So Neville uh, was one of the longest reigning champions in NXT history. And now that they're both on the main roster, Bo Dallas has been attacking Adrian Neville from, uh, or I guess Neville, he's not Adrian anymore. He's been attacking Neville and uh, this is leading up to a match. I think that – age. Uh, I, I want to say Adrian, damn it, because I'm used to that. I'm going to say Neville uh, beats Bo Dallas. I, I, it's sad because Bo Dallas needs something to re- rejuvenate his character. Maybe it's time to have a brother reunion and Bray Wyatt uh, bring his younger brother, Bo Dallas, into the fold.
3: You, you're, you're killing me here. Because you're stealing my thunder, man. Neville wins. Bo just, maybe you cut a promo where Bo says on Raw, I just don't believe anymore. And then regardless of what happens, you get, you, you just get, oh, I'll be so great. My brother, do you remember we share the same womb? We share the same mother. The same force brought us both into this dark world, my brother. And now no one knows what the fuck he's talking about. Come to me. I've been calling you since day one, my brother. Come to me. And you do some shit where Bray Wyatt finally brings his brother out of this trance that he's been in. There is nothing to believe in but the darkness, my brother. Oh, how great a program could they make that, J.J.? And then he becomes <laughs> Bo Wyatt. I love it. I love it, man. It just, it just. oh, man. I think it could be cool, but I agree with you. Neville goes over. I think the kid's hot. I think they love him on the main roster, and I think that tomorrow night's going to be a big night for him, and he's going to get a win.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we've also got a triple threat Divas title match. Uh, Nikki Bella defending against Paige and Naomi. I, I got to say that uh, I'm pulling for Naomi. I want to see Naomi finally get what she's been chasing, finally get what she deserves. I think Naomi has improved so much in the last year and a half. Uh, she's the most athletic diva, I think, that they have on the roster. Uh, so I want to see Naomi with her heater, obviously, Tamina walk out of there with the Divas Championship. And and I think what's going to happen is Paige gets pinned so that Nikki Bella still looks strong. Damn it. I'm going to go with you again, man.
3: Here's the deal. I don't think Naomi's going to win it, unfortunately, but I want her to. So I'm going to give her my prediction. I think she's going to go over. I think it's about time. You know, I don't like the fact that Nikki has the title, but yet the Bellas are joined at the hip. I mean, obviously they're twins. I think... We need a change, and with the women's division changing, I think Naomi has busted her ass. I mean, come on, do you remember when she came back and wrestled, even when her her what was it her nose was broken or something?
0: yeah, no no not her nose, her orbital bone
3: right and her right, eye. and I mean she still came back. The girl has worked, she's proven herself, I think she's hot as hell is Naomi. And I think she's – I agree with you. She's greatly improved in the ring. I'm going to give Naomi my pick, man. I want to see her win that belt. I think it'll be a feel-good for everybody. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you. That's my prediction.
0: All right. So Naomi possibly getting her opportunity finally at the the Divas Championship. I'm psyched about that. We'll see if that happens. I was so glad also to hear that she's returning to Total Divas as a full-time cast member. Thank the heavens. And that Rosa Mendez – Will not be, so good things do happen to good people. Uh let's move on to some other matches. We have another uh chamber match. This one involves the Intercontinental Championship, which obviously was vacated by Daniel Bryan. And I know you and I haven't talked about this since it happened. Uh, but things not looking good for Daniel Bryan. WWE has no idea what's going on with him. Uh the doctors don't know what's going on. I, I hate to say this, but I think my prediction all along that he was done. Is is coming true, and I I I want to preface this by saying I was hoping I was wrong, but things are not looking positive for Daniel Bryan. I think his in ring career might be done at this point.
3: I, man, maybe I'm just trying to be an optimist because you make so much sense. But I think if he gets the proper rest this time, he might be able to come back. I mean, I don't know because, like you said, everything is so shrouded in mystery, and I'm not a doctor. And we haven't gotten so, you know a lot of doctor reports. You know, a few weeks ago on RAW, he obviously vacated the Intercontinental Title. A uh, very emotional, you know, promo given by Daniel Bryan. I don't know, man. I, it just it's going to depend, you know. Uh, but I think WWE dodged a bullet because when Daniel Bryan came back, you had a lot of his fans who wanted him to immediately get that title back, and I think WWE you know, aired on the side of caution. And I think they were right to do that because look what happened. I think he came back way too fast. I think he came back and tried to go back to the ring style that he had. And that's what kind of messed him up. Now, again, I'm not a doctor and and I don't want to tell the man what to do, but I'd like to see him get as much rest as possible. I hope he can come back if he can't that's going to suck because he'll go down in history as one of the guys who could have really been our next John Cena, next Hulk Hogan, and just, you know, injuries sidetracked him.
0: I don't know that he would ever been the next Hulk Hogan or John Cena. He, he was a huge uh, fan favorite and one of the, the top main event guys. I don't know that he ever would have went down that way, but um, I just think that after all the years he's put his body on the line I mean, he's had some, some really crazy matches over the years, even before he got to WWE. And I think that, um, you know, time is, is a friend to nobody. We all get older, our bodies break down, and when you're doing the type of things that Daniel Bryan was doing, putting his body at risk. I think the last time he had a wrestling match, when Harper fucking did that suplex to him, he landed. It didn't look good, you know, and, and I, I, was, I was very vocal uh, when that happened, I thought, you know, that, that might have been the wrong thing to do. I, I don't know that he should have allowed that to happen. But I, I just, he hasn't been the same since he was back. I don't think that that nerve in his arm is healing properly. And the fact that they have been so secretive on everything, that's not a good sign. And, and again, I don't think that he's going to be losing a job with WWE. Even if his in-ring career is over, I'm sure they will find something for him to do in the company. Uh, but I, I just—it just doesn't look good, folks. And, and I wish him the best, and, and I hope that he can come back from this. But I just don't see it. And if he does, he'll never be the same Daniel Bryan that he was. I just don't ever see him getting back to that uh, to that style that he used. I, I just—I think it's done, and and it sucks. It absolutely sucks. I, you don't want to see a guy's career come to an end like this at all.
3: No, absolutely not. And you know, I think that that's something he's going to have to work out with himself. If I can come back, I'm going to have to come back as a different guy. I mean, we saw it with stone cold after he got, you know, the unfortunate pile driver by Owen Hart accidents happen, you know, and it's, it's no one's to blame. It's just accidents happen. And I think if he does come back, you're going to see a more Matt style wrestling, you know, the, the dives over the top rope, things like that are going to have to be curtailed. I I have, I'm going to go with the positive and say he will be back, but probably not the same wrestler
0: we saw. And I agree with you completely. That totally sucks. It does. Uh, But as we know, he vacated the title. It will be on the line in the elimination chamber, which I I think is good that they're doing this. Uh, I do want to see them put some uh, importance on this title. So we'll see what happens. The guys slated to be in this match, R-Truth, I I don't understand why he's involved in this, but (laughs) R-Truth apparently is involved in the Chamber match. Uh, Rusev still being considered for this match, although he did have an injury at the SmackDown tapings this past week, and they said that it's a lower leg injury, might be his ankle, so I don't know if if someone's going to replace him uh, tomorrow for the Chamber. I would almost guarantee he's not going to be in the match. Um, but maybe he will be. I don't know. Right now, it looks like he's got an injury, and they might have to substitute somebody else in his place. But as of right now, it's R-Truth, Rusev, uh, Dolph Ziggler, King Barrett, Ryback, and Sheamus all involved in the Intercontinental Championship match. And I had two predictions here. They really want to build this title up and, and make it something important again which they had planned on doing that with Daniel Bryan. Unfortunately, we saw what happened there. If this roster stays intact and Rusev is in the match, I could see Rusev walking away the champion, maybe having Lana involved in the decision. Maybe your last two guys are Rusev and Dolph Ziggler. Maybe Lana provides a distraction, and we find out that Lana was still with Rusev this whole time, and it was... uh, you know, a swerve, maybe they go that route. I could see Rusev walking away the Intercontinental Champion. If he is not in this match, however, if he's being replaced by somebody, I got to say the guy that I want to see win it is not Sheamus. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of rumors that Sheamus might be the guy that they're going to put this on. I, you know, I like Sheamus, but at this point, I just don't see him as a main guy. And I know this is a mid-card title. I just don't want to see Sheamus with that belt right now. I'm not a fan of him right now. The one guy that I think could walk out of this chamber that needs it more than anybody is Ryback. Ryback is a guy who's, who's suffered a couple setbacks. I think he's got his momentum back. The crowd is behind him. He's yet to win a singles title in this company. Why not have the big guy walk out of the chamber, the Intercontinental Champion, and you build to him being an undefeated champion. Ryback wins. He goes undefeated. Till maybe WrestleMania or whatever, and then somebody else beats him and has a nice long run, and you build some legitimacy back into the title. So if Rusev is out of this and they don't want to go that route, I'm going to say Ryback walks out the champion and goes on to have a successful run as the Intercontinental Champion. Whoa. See, Ryback was a guy who I hadn't
3: even considered. There were two guys who I considered in this match, Sheamus and Ziggler. Now, the deal with Seamus is, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you say. I mean, he came back, he has, you know, the mohawk now and the different look. And I think they tried to repackage him, but I'm with you. I'm I'm kind of not feeling him. I, I I get where you're coming from. He I don't know. It, it's it's Seamus. I mean, yeah, his hair's different, his beard's different, but it's still Seamus. And, and I don't know. Now, Dolph Ziggler is my second guy who I've considered, but I'll be honest with you, man. I almost have a feeling that Ziggler's not going to be with the company too much longer. I don't know why. I just get that feeling. They have had so many opportunities to elevate him, including him cashing in on Del Rio, winning the World Heavyweight Championship. That kind of went bust. Him and Sheamus is a good match, but I don't know. I'm getting kind of tired of it. Ziggler was my other pick, but the way you phrase it, I can, I can see them doing that with Ryback and he might be the most viable guy, Um, but I'm still going to give my two picks just by the way they think. I think it's either going to be Seamus or Ziggler. I just don't get the feeling that they're going to do it with Ryback. Now, if they do, I'll be fine
0: with it, but I'm going to stick to either Seamus or Ziggler. See, and here's the, here's my problem. Here, here's my problem with Ziggler winning it. I'm a huge Ziggler fan. I, I love Dolph Ziggler. I'm, I'm glad that he's still with the company. I've wanted to see them do something with him for a while. Problem is, he's been the Intercontinental Champion, and he's had momentum, and they've taken it from him, and it hasn't gone well. I just don't see Ziggler being that guy to build that championship back up. I see a guy like Ryback who, in my opinion, could be like the Warrior. Remember when the Warrior was Intercontinental Champion? That belt was the hottest belt. Why? Because the Warrior was undefeated. Nobody could beat the Warrior. Now, he had a couple of matches with Rude where Heenan helped Rude win, and there was that short program where he got the title back from Rude. But prior to that, he was undefeated. He was going out there defending that championship and was fucking awesome. And they really need something to, to light a fire under Ryback. And by putting that title on Ryback and having him defend it, not like once a month or once every couple of months, if he's defending that title, say, every week on a SmackDown, because really I think what you should do is take that Intercontinental title since you're, since you're pushing John Cena as the U.S. champion and he's having this open challenge every week and he's putting people you know, in matches and he, he's, he's defending the title. I like that. The Intercontinental Championship should be built up on SmackDown. And it should be every week on SmackDown, he's going to defend that fucking title. It's not an open challenge. It's he's going to defend that title on SmackDown every week. And he should do that and stay undefeated until WrestleMania and then say your challenger beats him at WrestleMania and it's a big fucking deal. That's what I would do if I were booking this thing. Now, granted, is that going to happen? Probably not. But I think Ryback is the strongest guy in this match that could carry the belt and do something with it. Sheamus, again, I just don't don't see it. I know he's friends with Triple H, you know. Our truth is a joke. He doesn't belong in this match. God, uh, keep Wade Barrett fucking away from this belt. <clears throat> uh, why do I feel that way with Wade Barrett? It's the same with Dolph Ziggler. They've both had this belt at nauseum, and neither one of them has done anything with it. Every time Barrett wins a fucking belt, he gets fucking hurt and he's sidelined for fucking a year. So. Yeah. Keep Barrett away. Let him continue to be King Barrett. Have fun with that. Do not put the title on him. The only guy walking out of this fucking chamber that makes sense with that belt is fucking Ryback because he's the guy you build around. He's fucking over, folks. Get him back to the point he was two years ago when people wanted him to fucking beat John Cena at the Rumble before he fucking had the feud with Cena and was fucking buried and sent to go tag with Curtis Axel. You got to do something with this kid. Put it on fucking Ryback and let him run with it. You think maybe if Ryback wins it, maybe on SmackDown, he acknowledges,
3: look, you know I've been seeing what John Cena's been doing with the U.S. title, and I respect John Cena. You know what? He's made the U.S. title important on Raw, and I'm going to make this IC title important on SmackDown. So I will defend this title every week against anyone who the company sees fit to send out. You know what I mean? Maybe you could do it with both titles. They really want to build up these two titles. They're doing it with Cena. I I like your idea. Have Ryback, again, like you said, maybe not an open challenge, but at least have him defend it every week on SmackDown because it would give people a reason to watch SmackDown, too. It could work. Like I said, I'd have no problem with Ryback winning it. I just, I don't know. I just have this fear that they don't want to pull the trigger on Ryback. They should have pulled it years ago when he was that hot fucking baby face who crippled Brad Maddox, and the fans loved the shit out of him, yeah. and then they turned him heel.
0: I agree. <laughs> I agree, but I, I think this is the way to go. You, you put this belt on Ryback, you let him run with it. So So my prediction is that Ryback walks out of the chamber with the title. I, I think anybody else would be a bad move. That's just my opinion. I'm not booking this shit, so we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it either way. I want to see what goes down. Me too. Um, Let's see, what other matches do we have? The only other advertised, we have two other matches. Uh, John Cena versus Kevin Owens, champion versus champion. It is not for either title. So let me. I don't want that to be misleading. I don't want you to think that the U.S. title is on the line or that the NXT title is on the line because God help us if John Cena was the NXT champion. Um, it is champion versus champion, which means it's not both titles on the line, okay? It's just one champion fight fighting another champion. Um, this is a hard one, man. I've really been thinking about how they're going to do this the last week or so because... Now that Kevin Owens is going to be a full-time member of the Raw roster, he's he's, and they are going to be putting him on Raw, he's going to be touring with the house shows, he is still the NXT champion, I don't really know how you go about booking this match because if John Cena beats him, it's like, well, you know, I beat the NXT champion, no big deal. If Kevin Owens beats John Cena, it's a big fucking deal. But if he does beat John Cena, I don't see it as a clean win. So I don't know if it will be a disqualification. Maybe Cena wins by disqualification. I don't know. I don't know that either, either guy is going to get pinned. So maybe it will be a disqualification. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go disqualification. John Cena wins by DQ. I think that after the match, Kevin Owens beats the crap out of him. He gets a fucking powerbomb to the apron, which they've changed the name of the finish. It's not the pop-up powerbomb now. It's called the, um, oh, fuck, what was it? Lights Out. He's calling the powerbomb Lights Out now. I think that Kevin Owens loses the match via disqualification, and I think after the match he takes it to John Cena and does another lights out to the ring apron and walks away, still making an impact but not beating John Cena. So there you go. Now this will not be in a chamber, right? It is, to my knowledge, not a chamber match because I don't know how they would do that. A one-on-one chamber match doesn't seem like it would work. I, I just I don't really understand how you would do it. Uh, my, my understanding is two matches will be in the chamber. They will not main event the show. So I don't even know how that's going to work. I honest to God, have no idea how this is going to work. Having two chamber matches in one night and neither one of them are going to be the main event. So I I don't know.
3: I'm going to agree. I think John Cena wins, but by DQ and Kevin Owens beats the living shit out of him. You know, maybe does the power bomb. Here's what I'm wondering. I seem to remember reading something that Samoa Joe is going to be busy elsewhere tomorrow night.
0: I don't think he's going to be there. I I mean, again, I, I just don't see Samoa Joe. I think Sandro had posted something saying he was working an independent show. Uh, if they're bringing him to NXT right now and he doesn't have a full-time WWE contract, he's working independent dates, I do not see Samoa Joe on this pay-per-view tomorrow night. Hey, you know what? Would I be pleasantly surprised and and intrigued? To see Joe show up and maybe cause some kind of disqualification for Owens or Cena? Absolutely. But I think it's too soon. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think these guys are going to have a fantastic match. They're going to tell a great story. But in the end, I think maybe Kevin Owens gets frustrated, maybe grabs a chair, hits John Cena with the chair, gets disqualified, and then, you know, does his lights-out powerbomb to the apron. And that's how you end that match. I, I I do not see a clean win for either guy.
3: Well, it depends how far you want to push Owens. Let Owens lose via DQ. Beat the shit out of John Cena. And you know what? And the problem is, I I fear does WWE have the balls to do this. We've, you know, we're moving Owens to the main event. He signed the contract. He's going to be on Raw. John Cena doesn't show up Monday night. Kevin Owens comes out. And says, you know what, I might have lost via DQ, but this is the first time in over two months that John Cena can't be here to issue his open challenge. Because I hurt him so bad last night that he couldn't make it tonight. So you know what, I'm going to have an open challenge for my NXT title. Why doesn't someone come out and challenge me? And I don't know, maybe you get somebody like Zack Ryder again, or R-Truth, or some jobber to come out. Owens kills them, blah, 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 and he cuts a promo. You see, I can do open challenges too. Something like that. It could be rather cool if they're willing to let John Cena, you know, because, you know, John Cena gets destroyed on a pay-per-view and shows up the next night like nothing happened.
0: Yeah, Fuck. I I I don't see that happening though. I mean, again, they got to keep John Cena strong. They got to make Owens look strong. Not that a a a loss to John Cena would hurt him, mind you. If he did get pinned clean. I mean, we're we're talking about the guy that's been the the headliner for the last 10 years in WWE. The guy that right now is the United States Champion. Uh I don't think it would hurt Kevin Owens to have a strong outing with Cena and then lose to him. But I also just don't see his his first roster pay-per-view appearance, him losing one, two, three to John Cena. I just, I don't. But at the same time, I don't see him pinning John Cena either. So I think the best way to do this with no title on the line is have a DQ finish and have Owens do what he's been doing, and that's brutalize people. So, you know, I mean, we've seen John Cena get the shit kicked out of him. It's not like he's never come back from it. So I think that that is the most logical uh, course of action here is that Kevin Owens – loses by disqualification so john cena is your winner disqualification in my opinion
3: yeah i mean you know whether my scenario plays out or not be interesting to see how they cover it on raw then because do they continue with these two guys or you know what do they do do you bring joe into the mix what i like about them adding this pay-per-view tomorrow night is it's going to leave more questions than we started out with it's going to be cool to see what happens after this pay-per-view as far as like raw is concerned because there are so many we're having trouble calling this and i like that i like the fact that you and i are having a difficult time you know picking who's gonna win and who's not that we're not in agreement that's a good thing
0: i agree our main event match of the night i assume is going to be the WWE world heavyweight championship which uh, which is great. We're seeing that defended another month in a row here. Um, well, actually, just a couple weeks later, really. Um, <laughs> I like the fact that the, the, the belt's back on the main roster. You know, I mean, I loved Brock as champion. I just wanted to see more title defenses and more Brock than we did. Um, Seth Rollins defends his WWE World Heavyweight Championship against Dean Ambrose. And I'm, 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 yeah. I'm looking forward to this match. Uh, I think these guys are going to deliver uh, quite the confrontation. They're going to tell quite the story on the WWE Network tomorrow night. Although, I- I'm, I'm going to make a prediction here. I'm going to predict that Dean Ambrose overcomes the odds of the authority. He overcomes J&J security. He overcomes Kane. And he overcomes Seth Rollins. And even if it is just short term, I'm going to say right now on this particular broadcast that Dean Ambrose walks away the WWE World Heavyweight Champion tomorrow night at Elimination Chamber even if it is just for 2 weeks uh, until money in the bank where Seth gets it back but I think right now what they need to do is shake things up and he is so over is Dean Ambrose people are so behind him people fucking hate Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins has his entourage of lackeys J&J security Kane is on the outs. He wants out of the authority. He fucking hates Rollins. Why not fucking take this to the next level and have a guy like Dean Ambrose overcome the odds? Maybe Kane is the one that gets blamed for this. We see one last run with Kane where he becomes a babyface when the authority beats him down tomorrow night on Raw or on Monday night. I think it makes perfect sense to change things up, and since Roman Reigns and Randy Orton aren't even booked for this particular show, you might see some interference with both Orton and Reigns where they help take out j and J security. They help take out Kane. They take out anybody that the authority throws at them, allowing Dean Ambrose to hit Dirty Deeds and get the one, two, three. I think it would be so telling to see those guys interfere in this match and take those guys out, making it a one-on-one affair, and Seth Rollins is a guy that is a beatable champion. And I think that, that Dean Ambrose gets the nod here. He gets the championship. And I think he drops it back to Rollins in two weeks at, at Money in the Bank. But why not take a chance and see how over this guy would be as champion? I think it would be huge. Monday night would be uh, a show that you cannot miss with Ambrose getting the win. So my prediction here, Ambrose beats Rollins one, two, three, new champion. I disagree. I think Seth Rollins
3: retains by some shenanigans. Dean Ambrose wins money in the bank and uses that money in the bank to torment Seth Rollins week after week until he finally wins the championship. I would have no problem with your scenario, but for some reason, I don't think they're going to do it. And the only reason I say that is, and I want to, Take this opportunity that we're on the on the air doing a show to say Seth Rollins has impressed me to a point that I never thought when I was watching The Shield that this guy would turn out to be such a phenomenal old school cowardly piece of human trash heel. He is doing so well. And the fans are so angry at him and they hate him so much. And it's not X-Pac heat, by the way, because X-Pac heat is when the fans hate you when they're not supposed to. The fans hate this guy because he is a phenomenal heel. And I think they're going to keep the belt on him. And I think one of the best things they could do for Ambrose is give him that briefcase because he's the kind of guy we could have a babyface briefcase holder for the first time in a long time. And he could be a guy who could use it to his advantage to absolutely torment this heel champion who none of us can stand storyline wise in Seth Rollins. I don't think they're going to pull the trigger with Ambrose. If they do, I'd love it, but I don't see it. I say Seth Rollins retains.
0: Well, I think I think it's it's, it's good for them. I think it's good for them to do something a little different. In the summertime, they can take a, a chance on this again. Rollins gets it back. When I say Ambrose wins, this is not a long-term championship run. This is getting back at Rollins after everything he did. And why not have it? Think about the story here, Bronx. Just, just hear me out. Who did fucking Rollins fuck at WrestleMania? Ambrose. No. He fucked Reigns. True. Yeah. He didn't fuck Ambrose. He fucked Reigns. Wouldn't it be apropos for Reigns to fucking help Ambrose beat him by maybe doing the spear when the referee's back is turned or whatever? However this plays out, the big schmoz. And the referee's attention is distracted. Roman Reigns jumps in the ring and spears fucking Seth Rollins out of his boots. Dean Ambrose then DDTs him with the dirty deeds and gets the one, two, three. And you've got Roman Reigns and, and Dean Ambrose celebrating in the middle of the ring. And Seth Rollins gets fucked here. And it's payback for what he did to Reigns. And then maybe you, 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 you fucking have Reigns say, you know, look, you know, I, I'd like a championship match. And maybe they have one on Monday Night Raw this week or the week after or whatever. And Reigns comes down and then you you know, he's obviously gonna be revoking his rematch at Money in the Bank, and then he gets it back. It just puts a little finality and it kind of shakes things up. If Reigns retains to me, or excuse me, if Rollins retains, I just think it's gonna be boring. He's been great as champion, but sometimes you need to shake things up. I mean, the odds are against Ambrose. Absolutely. Because he's got the authority. He's got Triple H, Stephanie. You've got fucking J&J. You've got Kane. Everything is against him. But yet, Randy Orton and Roman Reigns are not booked for this pay-per-view at all. And I yep. think you're going to see Roman Reigns. If you don't see Orton, you definitely will see Reigns. And I could see him putting the nail in the coffin and there being a short-term championship change. I think at Money in the Bank, I don't see I don't see Seth Rollins... Uh, not walking away if he loses the belt he gets it back no no doubt and i think if he does lose it he holds it till wrestlemania after that but i think initially you got to do something they never had a a finality to the feud it was just kind of cut and then he went into a feud with with bray did ambrose so i think it makes perfect sense to do this and maybe people aren't expecting it to happen this way but i'm calling it now you're going to have a new champion it's going to be ambrose It'll be short-lived, but it'll be a feel-good moment. You remember when, when Lex Luger beat Hulk Hogan? Yeah, sure. And it was for a week, and it was a great fucking moment for WCW? You're going to have that same thing tomorrow night when Ambrose beats him. The fucking locker room is going to empty out. They're all going to celebrate with Ambrose in the middle of the ring. It's going to be a big deal. But it's going to be transitional and short-lived.
3: Well, the other thing is, is you know, this rumor going around that there's going to be some problem between Rollins and Triple H in the future. Maybe taking the title off him can facilitate that. You know, I, I'm not dismissing your scenario at all, and it, I will. And, more- and,
0: and that plays into it too. You bring up the Triple H scenario, right? You know, the fact that now Rollins is using the pedigree as a finish because Triple H has christened him the the new cerebral assassin, his protege, whatever. Then you have some some backstage tension between Rollins and Triple H. where well, you drop the fucking title. You know we had all this stuff, and you couldn't beat Ambrose, and it causes a little bit of friction. Maybe that's when you bring Kevin Owens in and the Authority, and you make him Rollins' backup. And that's oh, see that you're you're going into shit now long term. I mean, I am. I, you have to. You, you
3: you look at it from a scenario too, where Triple H was uh, was the last week or the week before, where he said, look. You know, I know Seth Rollins can be annoying. I know he can be a pain in the ass. I know he can be even hard to be near, but he's the guy who we picked for the future. You know, Triple H is doing a great job of planting that seed. And yeah, man, there's so many scenarios that can come out. I I still don't think they're going to do it. But if they do do it, I'd be the first person to over Skype, virtually shake your hand and say, you were right. I'd love to see Dean Ambrose with the title. I have no issue with it. I'm just looking at it from a scenario where I think your creativity is too good for them to do. But I would mark out like a complete bitch if Dean Ambrose won the belt because I love Dean Ambrose. He's probably my favorite character. I mean, come on, man. Monday night, the man gets arrested. He comes back, commandeered the fucking paddy wagon and the uniform. The guy is Stone Cold Steve Austin, Brian Pillman, and Roddy Roddy Piper all squeezed into one. He's great. I love, I adore the character, but I don't think WWE has the balls. If they do, I'll be the first guy to say kudos.
0: Well, I want to oh, see it happen. It happen. I, I, I want to see it happen. Will it happen? I don't know, but we'll see. I, I'm, I'm predicting that they're going to do it. They're going to they're gonna do this, but we'll see. I mean, again, it is what it is. You put out a good scenario. I did too. Uh, I think Ambrose goes over tomorrow night and has a short-term run. And I think within the next year, Reigns gets it too. So all members of the Shield within the next 12 months will have been champion at least once in this one-year period. That's my prediction. So, And I think it starts with Ambrose tomorrow night and maybe Reigns by WrestleMania. We'll see.
3: One last thing. Was I the only person who watched Monday Night Raw this past Monday and thought that Roman Reigns was going to knock fucking Ambrose out and sign the contract himself? Admit it. Didn't you you think that was going to happen?
0: No, I I honestly didn't. I, I think that right now they're playing up the camaraderie. I would think between the two of them, they're, they're really pushing Roman hard. They really want him to be the next big deal. I could see Roman Reigns winning the briefcase at Money in the Bank before I could see Ambrose doing it. It would be cool, though, to see Ambrose do it, of that unpredictability. And and even if Ambrose does win tomorrow night, who's to say that he would hold the championship till Money in the Bank? Maybe Seth Rollins would be like, you know, I want my rematch next week on Raw. You never know. Um, I, I just think that it, it could be interesting to see him in the Money in the Bank match, but I think it's more interesting right now to have him win that belt and have a momentum shift and then have them kind of rebound and get the the, the title back on Rollins.
3: Well, we've got less than 24 hours, so we'll see. I mean, I, I, I would have no problem with that whatsoever. I'm just, you know, I, I don't know. I think all three members of the Shield have done great you know, for themselves. I mean, Rollins, obviously, hottest fucking heel in the company. Ambrose, possibly one of the hottest baby faces in the company. Reigns, I think they're doing a, a halfway decent job of kind of repairing the damage that they did when they mixed him up with Daniel Bryan, which was bad at the Royal Rumble and all that shit. I think they're doing a good job of kind of you know, fixing his character where the fans are a little bit more endeared to him. So I think all three members of the Shield are doing great. And, you know, we'll see tomorrow night.
0: We will, but I think that's uh that's gonna do it for the predictions for the show. Yeah, I mean that's about it. I mean it'll be you know watch it tomorrow night and we'll see what
3: happens. I mean the internet's gonna explode no matter what happens, so we'll see where it goes. It's like no one's happy, no no matter what they do. And and look, we've done our share of bitching throughout the years. But, you know, sometimes it's really not that bad. It's like people bitch about every little thing. And I'm just, you know, I'm tired of it. You you got people who WWE could save uh, uh, 500 children from a burning building, but no, they're the devil. You know, you've got, uh, you know, TNA is the devil or ROH is the devil. I, I just... I base my opinions on fact, on what I read and and what I see. And, like, it's, you know, everyone is so negative after every pay-per-view. And I'm sure tomorrow night, no matter what happens, we'll get the canceled WWE Network people. And, you know, you're not paying any extra for it. If you're a first-month subscriber, you're not paying anything for it. So let's see what happens.
0: I agree. I agree. No matter what happens, people will bitch. That's That's never going to change. But, you know. I can honestly say, man, it has been fun just riffing with you for the last two two hours and change. Uh, I'm looking forward to when we can finally come back and, and do this show full time. I don't know when that's going to be, honestly, at this point in time, guys. I will keep you in the loop once I find out what happens with uh, the doctor this next go around with Harmony. Uh, she does want to thank everyone who sent her positive and, and well wishes over the last, you know, Couple of months. She thanks you for that. Uh, I know Bronx and I initially before this doctor's appointment we're looking at coming back this month um, or next month, and and unfortunately that hasn't been able to happen. I will tell you this: Bronx and I did talk about when we do come back, the way we're going to do the show, and uh, we're both in agreement that we're going to once we make the decision to come back full time. We will be bringing the show back live on Friday night, so we're going to take our old time slot back, and uh, it's just easier that way, because Bronx doesn't work the next day, and neither do I, and we can just uh, get on, have a little bit of fun, and you know, for the live listeners, and those for the archive, it's not going to change, there'll still be a podcast, but for the live listeners, you guys want to join us on Friday nights, then we'll look at doing that, but that is the initial plan at this point, once I find out when harmony is able to do things and i can resume doing shows i will let you know but that's the plan for now bronx any parting comments before we get out of here well the same thing goes for getting the zone Uh, i want to bring it back as soon as
3: possible perhaps even next week i will see how my life turns out and how things are going but uh, we're not gone we're definitely going to be back so stay tuned and i'm glad You know, I was able to shoot the shit with you with another podcast that we said would be like two hours and we're going on 40. But that's what
0: happens when you and I get together. So it's all good, bro. No doubt about that, my friend. Uh, It was fun, man. It was good to to reconnect with you tonight and put this together. And uh, we just we had to talk about the TNA shit. And I felt like we should probably do some predictions again. Sunday night showdown uh, on hiatus, possibly till SummerSlam. I will let you guys know. Make sure you're checking out all the shows on the network. You know what they are. Uh, Elite Force podcast still doing great. Whole indie show with, uh, with Ashley and Sandro and, and Randy. You guys are doing fantastic. You know the shows, guys. Make sure you keep supporting the SNS Radio Network. And sometime in the very near future, we will return live Friday nights for Unplugged. Happy trails, my friends. It's been fun. We'll see you when we see you. Happy trails. Our song of the night's dedicated to uh, TNA wrestling.
2: Summer has come and passed. The innocent can never last. Wake me up when September ends.
0: you know what would be really cool Bronx they should make a video to when September ends for TNA and like you know it talks about the the rain is falling again that should be like T- Dixie Carter fucking crying you know and the fucking raindrops are coming down and all the fans are in disbelief because September has ended and TNA is without a network home they have no television contract in the United States I, I just I think it would be a great video to shoot I, I, I don't know what do you think? And
3: during the video in slow motion, and I know Daryl O'Connor will appreciate this, you show Dixie Carter wrapping her arms around Hulk Hogan's leg as he's about to walk away.
0: Yeah, I mean the whole video could be a montage of of, of TNA's failures over the years. You know, the Vince Russo and the Hulk Hogan and. You know, there's just, there's so much you could put in that video. And, and again, the raindrops are Dixie Carter crying. I I, I just think it would be fucking awesome. I, I, I'm such a dick, but I just, I thought that that song would work so well for the ending of, of this show tonight. We're both going to hell. Yeah. Good night, fuckers. We'll see you in the future. Peace.